Welcome to episode 30 of the Segabit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry, and this week we are going to have a special edition podcast. Instead of talking about news and stuff like that, we're going to talk about 10 years of first-rate third-party Sega games. And uh, before we get into that, let's do what we've been up to and what we've been playing. Uh, let's start with George, who's with us tonight. Hi, my name is George. Um, what I've been playing and what I've been doing... Yeah. Um, I got a new video card for my PC, so that's all. Like, so I had a bunch of games already queued up. So I've been playing as much games as I can. So I've been playing stuff like Super Meat Boy didn't even run on my old video card, so that was pretty pathetic. Wow. Like it ran, but like it was laggy on like you know high definition. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it runs super smooth. Now I could run all the, like Crisis and stuff. Some other games I had already because I got them on Steam sales. So I'm pretty happy. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably going to replay Binary Domain on PC just because I kind of want to play with some of the PC bros, like nice. Invasion Mode. The cool kids. The cool kids, yeah. The the, the gaming gods, they call themselves, because they get <laughs> everything in perfect, and, you know, in on their yeah. power PCs, they call themselves. Nice. But yeah, um, yeah, that's all I've been up to, pretty much. Nothing. Oh, and then last week, the whole p- drama. But uh, besides that, I'm pretty good. Cool. And uh, next we have uh, Jason, also known as... Shigs. Yeah, you did it. So uh, what have you been up to and what have you been playing? Uh, Last weekend I went to WonderCon, which is basically San Diego Comic-Con's little brother that's normally in San Francisco, but this year it was in Anaheim. Like the creepy brother? Yeah, like the creepy little brother. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they, they put like cameras in the bathroom. It's like just the sleazy version <laughs> of Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Nothing really much new there. I just saw a few panels. I saw like a 10-minute trailer for Amazing Spider-Man, which really has me excited for that movie. It's looking yeah. great. Uh, they had Milia Jovovich there during a Resident Evil panel. So that's kind of cool. Um, Milia Jovovich? Yeah. You know, the star of the Resident Evil Yeah, I know. Uh, How old is she? They're doing like a sixth one. How old is she? I think she's either in her, in her th- early 30s by now. Is she still hot in real life? Like it's yeah, she's still st- pretty hot. It, it, she was pretty casual and relaxed. Okay, because I've she's seen pretty cool. I see celebrities on TV, and then when you see them in real life, you're like, Nah, I'm good. Thank nah, you. Nah, she looked just as good, man. She's uh, 36. Yeah, she's really, really good looking for her age. Like, I mean, she doesn't look like she's aged very much. Yeah, they didn't have I much liked... video games except like Capcom had Empire uh... and shit. Yeah. I like the first Resident Evil. It's kind of cheesy, I thought. Like I, I know, cheesy. I know you, I know you're going for, it, but like I, I, I wish it was more like the, the game, I guess, because when yeah. you're watching it, it was like they're doing kung fu moves on zombies. I just, I like the elevator now, bit. There I like was the a, laser. there was a scene they showed from the movie where she, for like five minutes she's just kung fuing zombies in a hallway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't from the it. new movie. I don't get That's it. That's all she does. Yeah, yeah. And for as far as video games go, they just had a Capcom booth and a Nintendo booth, and they were showing off the Resident Evil game that they just put out now, the Outbreak, which actually wasn't half bad from what I played. Uh, Nintendo just had a 3DS booth with Kid Icarus <laughs> and this Spirit Camera game where you have to capture ghosts and then that, that Kid Icarus a diary. Game, doesn't that game look really jaggy? Like the graphics. It looks a little bit. That's because it's on a tiny screen, you know. But it actually mm-hmm. looks. Pr- uh, it still looks pretty good. It was uh, fun to play. That comes out tomorrow or today, 
I'm kind of excited to play that because yeah, I'm kind of excited to play that because I kind of like Nintendo's like smaller titles. They, you know what I mean? Like, I always like Kirby games and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. brought my 3DS for Street Passing and stuff, and now I'm over 400 Street Passes on my 3DS. You're a freaking whore, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then. What's Knuckles been up to? Yeah, besides well, eating chicken. I, uh, <laughs> I Those just, is chicken. I just got home from a uh, lecture from Brother Cornell West. Very intelligent man. I recommend you Google him. Who? And, uh, Cornell West. Okay. okay. He's a oh okay good. Yeah, just Google him. Um, <laughs> I've been playing some nice games like uh, Outrun Online Arcade and Afterburner Climax and Ninja Gaiden Sigma, the good Ninja Gaiden game. Oh, um, and uh, let's see. Um, and uh, I guess that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. Knuckles, you got to stop being sidetracked and stop messaging on Skype when we were doing a podcast. I didn't me- message anything. Somebody messaged you, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I'm hearing some <laughs> I'm water. I'm, I'm the, calling them out. I don't, one of the, uh, it's not uh, me, man. Anyway, uh, me uh, okay. uh, let me say what I've been up to. Uh, nothing. Nothing? No, I mean, let's How's see. How's it work? It's all right. It's you know, usual stuff. Tell us the truth. How hard is it to work at where you work at? It, it comes and goes. We have weeks where there's it's not difficult, and we have weeks where it's extremely uh, tight deadlines on stuff. So but, most of the time, uh, you're just making logos for you know logos I force you to make. What do you mean? Like sometimes I'm just like in the last minute, I'm like, all right, Barry, I got 37 minutes to make a logo. I need you to do it. And oh, I, I love that. And then you're like. All right, and then you like fucking five minutes later come up with this like awesome logo. I'm that's what I do. I like working on things last minute really fast, except for when it's at work, because uh, then there's other people like an IRL who are getting pissed off at me. Yeah, that's true. I don't like that. I'd rather piss you off because you can't get me. That's true. <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, throw a fifth for a little bit and then be all right. It's okay. It's okay, Barry. Like when we had our little tips back in the day before I wrote for Sega Bits. Yeah. Yeah. We used to but, make. Uh, so, you guys, so should we go on with the show? Because uh, it's, it's going to be a lot yeah. of years. It's a big one. So um, ten yeah, years. Ten years. Well, who? Well, first off, how, uh, what year did y'all get into uh, Sega games? Mm. I had a friend who used to have a Master System back in like 1987. I got into the Sega Ma- I mean Sega when uh, my cousin uh had he had a Sega Genesis mm-hmm. and uh, my my parents were mostly Nintendo people because when I was a little kid mm-hmm. like 2 my mom bought a Nintendo mostly for herself but I mean she made an excuse that it was mine <laughs> but um she bought that and um and they, so, she, so she obviously bought the Super Nintendo which I actually enjoyed I thought the Super Nintendo was really really great system but yeah there's always something about the the sega system like the games are so different you couldn't buy the same games on this like i like donkey Kong country but like i also like golden x you know what i mean mm-hmm. i like playing golden x with my cousin or playing sonic 2 i hear you so it's it was never the same or streets of rage that game blew my mind so cool. yeah so like early 90s probably yeah early 90s i would say i came like you know make my mind to what kind of style of game i liked 
Yeah, I'd say it was Christmas 91 for me, because before that, all my friends had NES. And then I think, you know, after I thought back, I actually asked my dad and I asked him why he bought me a Genesis for Christmas. And I think it was because it was cheaper. And now when I see those ads where they're pushing how it's, what, like 50 bucks less than the uh, Super NES at the time? Yeah, those 50 bucks make a lot of difference for parents. Like, that explains so much, because my dad (laughs) is always, like, he, he, like, he'll take forever to buy something. But when he does, he, like, gets a the best deal on it so yeah that's uh 91 and then uh knuckles when did you get in um i guess i pinned it at august 1995 specific the hedgehog, hedgehog number 28 what the comics i was a uh, i guess hated sonic the hedgehog because there's this Really annoying kid who loved to run around. He said, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'd say, Sonic the Hedgehog sucks, man. I have no idea what I'm I was I'm a plumber. <laughs> I remember when, uh, the, the, like, when I was in middle school, we used to have a teacher that was pretty laid back, and he had, like, Atari games, so we could play Atari games. Wow, and, how um, are you? He, So some kid thought for a project it would be smart to do, like, a Nintendo game, like, world so uh-huh. he brought a box with like little things on it, like Nintendo, like Mushroom Kingdom and stuff. Uh-huh. But man, it looks so lame, dude. I just, I just validated that I'm glad I'm not a Nintendo fan. <laughs> I was like, it's so lame. Like, look, you have Birdo. Who wants to see that? So it's Ooh. definitely safe to say that we're all uh, like of the console years. Yes. So console, I, that Nintendo would assume. Sucks. Are you kidding me? I used to play uh, freaking Zaxxon and uh, with the Congo Bongo in the arcades. Nice. Yeah, I go way He's back. Old. So I'm I'm assuming then when it came to uh, what was it January 31st 2001 when uh, Sega of America announced that they were going full uh, full on third party that all of our hearts were broken. I missed the announcement. Much. Dude, I remember that announcement. I remember I was at a I was uh, shopping at a supermarket with my mom, and uh-huh. every single time I went to this Asian supermarket she likes to go to. Uh-huh. I used to always go to the magazine rack to look at magazines because I couldn't afford every magazine. So right. I would go and look at the like the comic book magazines, and then I would look at the video game magazines. And I opened up a, I think it was an EGM, and the first uh-huh. page it was like a big announcement of that, you know, them quitting. That I sucks. was like, man, this sucks. I remember my dad. I got home from school, and he's like, "Hey, did you hear?" And he like read the business section of the paper, and he's like. They're not making Sega anymore. And I was like, what the fuck? And I thought he meant like they were going out of business. And that night we had, uh, what was it, Tech TV. And I put on their stupid game show with um, those two ugly, what was it, Morgan Webb and Morgan Adam Webb? Sussler. X-Play. It wasn't that bad. X-Play. Oh, no, no, but. Webb wants freaking Mar- Mario game to be like more adult. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. They, but they were there. On- they were there on TV and they were like, uh, they talked about the whole press release and i was like oh is there gonna be a sonic adventure 2 because i thought one was coming out and they were like no no all the games are coming out and they're still gonna i guess at the time i thought that they were going to like still make dreamcast games but make the occasional game for other consoles like i didn't quite get it until i think dreamcast magazine stopped coming because they just stopped they stopped publishing it and i was like all right it's over and then i think it was really abrupt the way it ended too, because like they 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 just seemed like they still thought they had a job in the last magazine. They and were like, like, "Yeah, we're gonna find a new way to give you demos or something like that," and then they went out of business. Yeah, it sucked. Uh... But um, 
Yeah, so Dreamcast magazine. No, it's one no. one of the nicest I magazines think. ever published. Like if it's, you can buy, I it, love EGM, especially in the mid '90s when they, when you get a magazine we're, that was the size of a freaking catalog. We're mm-hmm. we're talking about well, we're talking about uh well the Dreamcast official magazine. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, yeah, it had really big pages. It was nice, and it had like All magazines really... were really good back then. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I but, found uh, out. I found I found out about about it all on on the Sega forums, July two thousand one. I missed well, it you, for six you months. You waited a while. <laughs> you so waited for a while to react. More than the rest of you. <laughs> well, then I mean, and what we'll get into yeah. when we get. Into we're going so year by year, I should say. We're in 2001 right now. But uh, continue. Yeah, I was so sad because I loved the Dreamcast. It was probably one of my my favorite, if not the favorite, uh, of Sega's consoles. They just had such a good library those first two years. But because mm-hmm. PS2 offered DVD, and DVD was the hot new thing at the time, it just couldn't Don't take off. The ship. No good. Yeah. Well, well it also didn't help that uh, Sat- they have the Saturn and the 32X before that, which also failed. Right, yeah. right. Well, at least we, we had games up until 2002, which we'll get to later. But uh, it was weird in the meantime. Uh, we can talk about our first game, Choo Choo Rocket, on the Game Boy Advance. Like, did did any of you guys play that back in 2001? Uh, I no. didn't. I, I didn't play it in 2001, but I played it like way later. Like me too. You, you got okay. You got to imagine. It's weird, like okay, when people buy a PS3 or buy a Wii, yeah, there's some people that become fanboys, but I think that's kind of like I guess you could say fanboy spirit. It wasn't really more on Dreamcast. I don't think for uh, for me it was more of a fanboy side. It was more of a I just want this console to do well enough to not go out of business, right? Kind yeah. of a thing. So we I supported like I would go buy a game whenever I could. Every time I had money, I would go buy a game because I, I, you know, I wanted the attach ratios to be high. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted them to succeed. I didn't want them to dominate. Like it would be great if like it sold 100 million units. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I didn't buy any any non Dreamcast games up until 2000. I think late 2002 when I finally caved and bought a PlayStation 2 during the summer. Like I was all but... pissed off. I remember because like Activision uh released. Like a port of like Tony Hawk One, Tony Hawk Two, and then Tony Hawk Three. Yeah. Nothing, and it even had a PlayStation One version of it, and I was like, "What?" I was pissed. I remember. I remember, uh, like, two thousand one was mainly like ports, and so I didn't really give a shit. Like, they were saying that I don't know what what year was Sonic Adventure DX. I know we're not talking about it tonight. That was two thousand three. Uh, yeah, two thousand three. Wow. Sonic Adventure Two Battle was the first Sonic yes. game on. Okay. Video. Yeah, yeah I, I just remember. Two, well, two thousand one was kind of. It was just. It, it didn't. There was nothing that really drew me to the other consoles because it was like Crazy Taxi port, uh, Choo Choo Rocket, which I thought the Dreamcast had the superior version. Even though I played the Game Boy Advance one, it is actually really good. But uh, yeah, and then uh, moving on to the next game, Super Monkey Ball was the first ah, new ID yes. for consoles. The, the, we call it. We call that the uh, the. The reign of the start of the reign of Nagoshi. Mm-hmm. That's when it started. Is that yeah, that, yeah. that game I bought right away was an awesome game. I got to play it yeah. in three when I was there. Oh, you lucky bastard! Yeah, I, so in fact, I had a little internet uh, gal pal I took with me on that year. What? Ooh. What happened? Did you guys fuck? 
<laughs> no, she lived on the other side of the country. Um, I've lost contact with her since. Um, uh, the GameCube was kind of the natural next step for me after the Dreamcast died, because all my life I'd only known Sega and Nintendo. That was all that had ever been in my house. That was, and that was all that was always, and that was all that was ever going to be in my house, until it turned out the GameCube was kind of not very interesting. Yeah, I remember they they actually I remember them laying out at one time I don't know if it was official or not but they said like this developer will make games for this console this developer so like Sonic Team was the GameCube and they would port to other consoles and they said like AM2 would be PlayStation 2 and Smilebit would be Xbox do you guys remember them actually saying to people that that's how it would be because I remember reading that a long time ago yeah, I did remember reading that, like, Xbox was going to be, like, their Dreamcast 2, kind of. Mm-hmm. And there, it was did, half true. It was half true, I'd say. I'd A lot say, of I mean, Sega exclusives on Xbox. No, well, the reason that, uh, actually, this is what I read. I'm not sure if it's 100% correct. I'm, but uh, it's that uh, Microsoft signed a 10-deal publishing thing with Sega for 10 games. And that's uh-huh. how, kind of, like, they were afloat for a long time, like, um, before they got bought out. So, which which console do you think of the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube had the best lineup Xbox. of Sega games? Xbox. 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 Uh, for yeah. me, it's tied between Xbox and GameCube. Well, what did the GameCube have except for Dreamcast for? It depends, actually. The well, Xbox... Super Monkey Ball was the original. It was uh, the first on GameCube, and so was a lot of the Sonic ports. And they had the best version of Sonic Heroes, not that that was a very good game anyway. I guess that was the problem, though, is that a lot of them were ported. So even if you were willing to get a slightly lesser version, if you had the Xbox and maybe even an Xbox-PlayStation 2 combo, you pretty much had all the really good releases, I thought. So the PlayStation 2 did have uh, Shinobi and Virtual Fighter 4 and... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Had one other thing, I thought... I can't. I can't recall. Yakuza. Oh, oh. Well, that was kind of late. I don't really count that as the early third-party. Oh. I guess. Oh. Yeah. Yakuza. And I don't really care much for Yakuza anyway. But I suppose. <laughs> um. The, no. No. The PSG had some underground titles like Blood Will Tell and like Shinobi. Oh yeah, yeah. But like those were those didn't get marketed heavily enough, and they failed to sell, and they didn't get good. Yeah. You know, I mean, scores. Shinobi was pretty hardcore on the PS2. That's true. So was Kunoichi. Well, moving into uh, 2002, uh, the next two games are actually Dreamcast holdovers that, well, they did get released in uh, the uh, in Europe. We don't have any Europeans on tonight. They uh, they were released on uh, other consoles. So placed, uh, Xbox got Shenmue 2 a year after it released in Europe, and Headhunter got uh, a release on the PS2. I think also a year after the European release. Did you guys, did either of those games hold a lot of weight for you to decide if you were going to get an Xbox or a PlayStation 2? Shinmue yeah. 2 made me get an Xbox. Yeah. I was already self-financial enough. I already had all the game systems by then. Did you well, import? I'm sorry, Jason, that we're not I as did, cool as I you. did, in fact, uh, Shen, uh, import Shenmue from Europe and had a little... Disco that, let me do that. That was the happiest moment of my Dreamcast gaming life because, like, I was playing, I, I imported Shenmue 2, I think it was 60 bucks at the time, 
and plus about twenty dollars shipping, and it was like so cool to be playing it a year before the Xbox release. But even then, I got the Xbox version because I was a I wanted them to make a third one, so they Which got me. They, they didn't do it. They didn't. I know. People should go onto the Sega Facebook and ask for Shenmue Three. I'm well, if the that. Shenmue HD rumors, you know, are true, and they do end up putting that as download, if enough people buy it, who knows? I'll, I'll buy it a third time. Yeah, I'm buying it for all everything. Um, Did any of you uh, play Headhunter? Headhunter? Yeah. What? Barry, what do you think about Headhunter? It's all right. I mean, I thought it was a little... Uh, I, I, I actually like it more on the Dreamcast just because it does take advantage of the hardware. It's a really cool-looking game. But I only played, I played it on two. Yeah, I only played it on the PlayStation Two, and I actually did get the Dreamcast one last year at a used game store. But I only Better? played it for about ten minutes, and I like the Dreamcast one more just because it it feels more right to be playing it on the original console. And it's a good game, but it's not it's not worth uh, buying a PlayStation Two for back in uh, two thousand two. Oh, I know. I thought it was very but average. The music was great, and the uh, motorcycle stuff was fun. And I think the concepts were there too. But, yeah, but... it's kind of like the uh, uh, Alpha Protocol of its day. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it had these great concepts, but it all didn't come together in the end. And, but and it, it also looks like the company that made it, the developer, uh, uh-huh. made Alpha Protocol might be going out. I mean, they're having financial troubles, I guess. Oh, that sucks. Did you hear about that? I, I did not know. What? Okay, I'll just explain it real quick because people are gonna be questioning. They they were supposed to have a bonus for their company for I mean mm-hmm. their employees from Bethesda the the published New Vegas, but mm-hmm. they would only in their contract they had to get a, Met, a Metacritic score higher of eighty five of eighty five and they didn't do uh-huh. it so they didn't get the bonus. So even though it sold like five million plus copies, they're not gonna mm-hmm. get a bonus because the Metacritic score wasn't good enough. And I think oh, that's that bullshit. Sucks. That's that is bullshit. the worst thing Metacritic has done to this industry. Now it's all about ratings and numbers. It's no longer about... And you can't trust the, you know, the critics' reviews on everything all the time. I mean, a lot of critics didn't like John Carter. Everyone I know who's seen John Carter absolutely loves it. Yeah. I think a lot of kids are getting spoiled nowadays. They think it's 10 out of 10 or you don't buy it. And there are a lot of 7 out of 10 games that are well worth playing or even six out of ten like viking i always talk about that that didn't get good reviews but it's it's a fun game or even moving outside of sega like some of the star wars titles they don't get good reviews but i have fun playing them so yeah like the first force unleashed i i I had some fun with i don't think sometimes i don't think it's the reviewers themselves i think it's the the point of view of the people reading the review, like when I re- when when some people read IGN <laughs> reviews and they're like, "Oh, it was seven? Oh, that game sucks," even though it means good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's no. fact, most people don't read reviews. Yeah, that's the truth. The problem <laughs> so is seven is above that. average, and they still you know piss on it. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, wet places that uh, where a seven is average. Places like Game Informer. They mm-hmm. like great the number score. It's one of the reasons why I stopped reading Game Informer, that toxic waste of a magazine. <laughs> <sighs> it's the number one selling magazine, dude. 
Well, that's because they, every time you want to get a goddamn GameStop card, they force that thing down your throat. You have to specifically say, no, I don't want that magazine. It's shitty. <laughs> and it's all these stupid jokes. It's not funny. And I don't like it. Do you I, say I, that every time? I'm not killing trees. I was actually going to not get it, but then we I, I've sometimes have gotten pretty good uh, info out of it for Sega Bits. But, I mean... I think for Sega nerds, I I uh, they they leaked that uh, I I was no, Alex the kid was going to be in it, uh-huh. and uh, there was a good interview with one of the presidents of Sega that revealed a bunch of stuff lots of time. But you but now they usually send it to me late, so by the time it gets here, it's all <laughs> online anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on to a good game. Not talking about mediocre games. Sonic Advance for the Game Boy Advance was the. Uh, from what I can think, the first original Sonic game after the Dreamcast. Uh, again, did first any of original you Sonic play game it on, on the Nintendo? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. Uh, I'm still was weirded out back in the day. It was so weird to see a Sonic on a, a Nintendo Power cover. Weird. Oh, yeah. That was a huge first. <laughs> I think it was Sonic Advance and Sonic Adventure Battle 2 or whatever on the same year. Mm-hmm. That's I remember. Right, up. I remember that uh, before. For that, there was rumors that uh, Sega was planning to bring uh, Sonic to other platforms. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess something about the way Sonic Team is structured—they were like their own entity outside of Sega. So technically, Sonic Team could have brought in Sonic to other consoles. Or that was a rumor. They but did then, that with um, uh, the Neo Geo Pocket. Pocket Color in '99, right? Yeah, I think that's what they were right. saying that it could have like you know led, and it, I think that was like a little bit of. Uh, I think that didn't Sega after the Saturn wanted to go third party anyway. I think so. Yeah, it was like part of it that wanted to go third party. Uh, do you think you would have appreciated it more if they went third party and then like came back another generation with full funds? I don't, I don't know if they'd come back. I mean, no, would you like that better? Like, if Sega said, okay, we're going to be third party for, like, a generation, and they come back. If it helped them, yeah, but uh, if it meant a Dreamcast, like, coming out during this generation and failing, then no. It's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't think it w- they would have been, they w- that would have really worked for them, because if you look at what happened to them after the Dreamcast, after they went third party after the Dreamcast, they got the kind of rates. I mean, there's like they had aspirations of being the number one third party, and that yeah. never happened. That never no. came close to happening. They were uh, they were pretty close a few like a while back when they were in their dark period. I guess they were still mm-hmm. selling games, but they were like I think it was like they were sixth place. That's yeah, not that we'll bad. Get to the dark period. Well, they, they, they've uh, been and around that. Yeah, they're not. They weren't quite at the dark period yet. I mean, I'm, there's still a lot of inspiration held over from the Dreamcast. Probably some of these games were originally going to be on the Dreamcast that were then. Yeah, with Shinobi Two over here. Shinobi mm-hmm. Two was a Dreamcast game. So was uh, Virtual Fighter Four, Toe Jam and Earl, and Panzer Dragoon Orta. Hey, we're not we're not that far yet. Don't be ruined. But speaking of some of those games, uh, Shinobi on the PS2. How about that game? Did any of you guys play that in 2002? Oh, not in two, not in 2002. But goddamn, that game was hard, man. I, didn't, I, I didn't rented it and it kicked my ass. I did the exact same thing. I rented it. It kicked my ass, and I never played it again. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I actually. That's for me too. I love that game, and it would have been so much better if they had checkpoints. Yeah. You know, that little thing. I know a lot of people say, 
you're not hardcore. Checkpoints are for pussies. And you, you know, fuck no, yeah, man. I, I don't want to be pausing the game in the middle of action just so I could save it. Fuck that. I love, That's the problem I want, I'm having with Yakuza Dead Souls right now is I have to go like 10, 15 minutes before I can find a spot to save in. That's true. Yakuza has that issue. A lot of Japanese games have that car, kind of archaic design still. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they're evolving now? slowly over time, but, so it's but the, pro- the difference between like Yakuza is that like Yakuza is a little bit easier. It's not really that as challenging compared to like Shinobi, where you could spend like thirty minutes to get to the last boss, and then you have to go somewhere. So you have to yeah. leave your PS3 on because. Oh no! <laughs> usually, if you if you uh, if you got to the boss, it would you would start off at the boss if you turned it back on. But it's it was a pretty hard game. So Shinobi, I mean, the, we don't talk about the sequel, but uh, had you played the sequel? What was it, Nightshade? Yeah, I, never, uh, I no played the sequel for a little bit, and I didn't really like it. I didn't. It wasn't. I mean, they had improved stuff, but it wasn't what I liked the first. Like I, I liked the first one. I liked the art style. It was weird. I think the art style was the best thing about the game, yeah. and I mean, it kind of carries over. I mean, Shinobi 3DS is kind of Shinobi 3 in terms of Shinobi and Nightshade and this Love new that one. Scarf. The scarf, the red scarf, was really awesome. I think that's the best thing that they added. It kind of reminded me but, of Strider, though. Yeah. Uh, but I well, think that's the red's... not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about uh, the the big thing in 2002 were, was that we actually were getting some exciting new games aside from Sonic. Uh, we had Virtua Fighter 4 on the PS2 and Jet Set Radio Future on the Xbox. Again, these were two games that I think would have sold a console if you were a Sega fan and you didn't have one yet. Uh, did either of you play these games in that year, or did they make you want to own the console? Man. I didn't have much interest in Jet Set at the time. I was still I kind got, of trying my sea legs when it came to Sega. Yeah, okay. I got Jet Set Radio Future Day 1. I was really excited for that one because I love that series. Yeah. Uh, Virtual Fighter 4 I didn't get to like later because I'm not a huge, huge Virtual Fighter fan. I like him, but I'm not huge, huge on him. How about you, George? Uh, this is when I got a PS2. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, but that was like in 2004, so not exactly day one. <laughs> uh, I was really into fighting games at the time, especially after the Dreamcast, because Dreamcast, uh-huh. to be honest, was like a fighting game system. Oh, Absolutely. So I was really, really into our, you know, fighting games. So I was really excited about Virtual Fighter Four. So yeah, I was, I was taunting my freaking friends who were all like, they're all into Tekken. About man, you guys have no excuse now. You guys have to buy Virtual <laughs> Fighter Four. You just can't be, you know, playing the same crap. That game kicked ass too. I mean, especially I didn't buy Virtual Fighter Four, but I did buy Virtual Fighter Four the uh, extended the one. Second- yeah, the extended one, and that that game was awesome. I think that definitely brought me back into the franchise. Virtua Fighter 3 TV wasn't. I didn't like that too much. It just it didn't feel as. I don't know. There's something about it that just kind of. Put it doesn't me off. feel it right. Felt, nah, and it felt dated too. But Virtua Fighter 4 really felt like a current gen uh, Virtua Fighter. But that, but Jet Set Radio Future was the one that sold me on the Xbox. And I actually rented an Xbox, and the game. <laughs> on uh, release week, and I played it for the weekend, and then there was a snowstorm, and the video store said I could keep it for two more days. So I played about, I think, about 40 hours, maybe 30 wow. hours of Jet Set Radio Future in a four-day weekend. <laughs> and after 
And what sucked is that I had to return the console with my save file, so when I bought a jet, uh, Xbox later that year, I had to start all over again, but it was well worth it. I love that game. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. The Xbox is such a freaking weird and cool console. Like, oh, God, Have you seen all the it. stuff people have done with that thing? Yeah. Like you can make it, you can make it into like a media player. They could play it like basically you be a computer. You yeah, my friends would had games, all these games on it, and they would boot up like discs. And I thought that was so weird. I was like, "How are you doing that? What's inside?" And he's like, "It's a hard drive, like a computer, <laughs> like a computer." <laughs> it was basically a computer, dude. Yeah. As I recall, That's, they basically took took a PC parts from uh, from off the shelves and stuck it stuck it in the Xbox. Oh, man, it's something about the Xbox. I don't know, man. I wanted to hate that thing, but man, that th- Sega Sega treated it too well in the early. Oh yeah, and it had a Windows, you know, it had that Windows connection with the Dreamcast, you know. So we should move on to the next game because I'm excited to talk about the next one. All right, 2003. Speaking of the Xbox, we have Panzer Dragoon Orta, which is a favorite Orta. of all the players. So who who wants to jump on and talk about that first? Dude, Go. I, I want to. Th- no, dude, Knuckles. I want to start it. <laughs> Watch me. I'm, I'm gonna do this right. Say the same words at the same time. Um, well, the, the, I, I wasn't. I was kind of like when I first heard about Panzer Dragoon Order coming out, and it's being done by Smilebit. So mm-hmm. was it the Smilebit, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was kind of cynical. I was like, uh, I don't think it's gonna be that good. Yeah. And it's like it's not gonna be a sequel to like uh, Saga, and that's what I was actually looking forward to. But yeah. then again, I was looking at all these other games that Xbox had coming out, like. Like, when the launch first happened, I wasn't excited about Halo. I didn't even know what Halo was. Everybody was excited about it. I didn't get the hype. Yeah. I thought it looked ugly at first. And then I was like, eh. So I was more excited for, like, the Japanese games they were getting. Like, this one's one of them I guess I got excited for after I saw a screen. After I read a review on uh-huh. the official Xbox magazine, which I subscribed to because I guess Sega was having too, a lot of games and I wanted to have the info fest. Yeah, and we've talked about that magazine before. It had a lot of the stuff yeah, from the official Dreamcast magazine. Yes. That's actually another reason I got as in the mention. And the design was great. The staff was great. And I actually sometimes I like I think I should send an email to the editor because I'm sure she doesn't get a lot of fan mail, and I'd want her to like reply because she was awesome too. Yeah, and uh, so I, I subscribed to it, and um, I read their uh, Dr- uh, Panzer Dragoon Order review. Man, mm-hmm. I was I. I I had the biggest Sega smile on my face I've ever had. Like that was a great article. That was yeah. a great issue. And it was in this. Oh man, the pictures and like man, I was excited, man. I was like, it was like, I wasn't. I was depressed when you know Dreamcast died. And yes, we had a few games that you know they were good. Yeah. But when I heard, you know Pan Dragon coming that back, like that's and it's great. That's that's yeah. insane. I definitely say that was like the first game that really got people excited in the third-party publishing era. Because a lot of the games, you know, like Virtua Fighter 4, we knew the series, and it didn't really do a huge upstep from the previous ones. But, like, once you got into Orta, that was, like, really showing Sega doing a next-gen title. And even even though Jetsack Radio Future, I thought was... I mean, it had parts that were better than the original, but the original did mm-hmm. little parts better, too. So yeah. it didn't feel... It, like, this one felt like... It felt like everything from the first two titles brought to current games and doing graphics like amazingly well. Like I still think Panzer Dragoon Order is the best looking Xbox game. And it's actually uh, to talk about that. 
It's featured at the Art of Video Games at the Smithsonian, which actually opened last weekend and it's running till September, and then it starts going on a national tour. So there you go, guys. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the. I think it's one of the three Xbox games featured, and I actually bought the uh, exhibition book on uh, Amazon. It's only twenty twenty five bucks, and they have a two page spread uh, talking about the art of the game and how awesome it is. So. That's good. I actually got the uh, one of the Saturn Panzer Dragoons on display too. So oh, I that's right. It's oh, three of the Panzer Dragoons got featured. Uh, the <laughs> second one and Saga and Orta, which actually ties it with Zelda, I think. So, so. Knuckles, you could tell us about your adventures with Orta. But Go uh, ahead. yeah, um, Pan- Panzer Dragoon, Dragoon Orta. That was um, that really was kind of. The game I bought the Xbox for, e- even um, even bef- before I really uh, knew, knew, even 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 before I uh, really knew what. Okay, I, I'm going. Uh, <sighs> He's so excited. It is, Panzer Dragoon is one one really just basically my favorite game, and it, it really is, in my opinion, the the pinnacle the pinnacle of what Sega has accomplished as a third party. Which this isn't meant to be a slight to all their other epics. It's just like really one of their best games. It is the pinnacle of rail shooting gameplay. It destroys everything else in the genre. It is the perfect example of what Sega third party is. Again, good games that don't sell well. Well, yes, an exclusive beautiful (laughs) game with, with with really unique fun gameplay. That really yeah. takes advantage of a game console like no other game does. And Panzer Dragoon Orta came out came out in a time when the, the console didn't have any Japanese games, and, and people were saying, "Well, without any Japanese games, the Xbox can't do very well. You know, it's not it's not going to get it's not going to get the the PlayStation 2 fan fan base. It can't compete." Uh-huh. And uh, Orto is really one of those games that say, you know, fuck that. I'm a <laughs> Japanese title on an American console. I have beautiful, beautiful, dainty little dragons. And I will mm. kick your fucking ass and rip your throat out. There's also, there's awesome also one thing I want to add, actually. A lot of the Sega producers and stuff at the time yeah. were actually very anti-PlayStation 2. Yeah, like, that's that, so that, strange. It, that, just, that is something I got from 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 uh, all their interviews and stuff was that they didn't have like the PS2. <laughs> they, they, they would they, they asked them like like when they were doing the the Jet Set Radio, they said if it was possible on the PS2 because it's always that time where they they try to do little fanboy articles. Yeah, the guys from Jet Set Radio said uh, that they doesn't have enough something about RAM or something about the Dreamcast and the way it. I remember that. That it would be impossible on the PS2. So. I, I could also tell that they had a limit on the P, on the Dreamcast because when you play the Xbox version feature, the mm-hmm. areas are way bigger. The everything ran smoother. Mm-hmm. It looked ni- nicer, and I you could tell they were limited with the Dreamcast is whatever they, they were limited on the PS2. Oh, totally. I mean, usually yeah, that stuff's yeah, bullshit, that. but when they said it about Panzer Dragoon Orta and Jet Set Radio Future, I totally bought it. I couldn't see those working on a PlayStation 2. Oh, God, no. The play- PS2 doesn't have anything close to Orta. Orta no, Xbox I is still a pretty played. powerful system for this day and mm-hmm. I recently played Orta on my 1080p flat screen television, and it still looked gorgeous as all hell. I mean, I think it also had. Uh, it all still looked really great. Mm. 
Yeah. And uh, so you guys, wait up. What topic are we on now? Are we still talking about Orda? Jason, oh, yeah, sure. we're still loving Orda, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was, I, Jason, Orda take your turn. Is, That's what I was waiting for. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, I loved Orda. I want to talk about the next game. Okay. okay. Well, no, I wanted, uh, well, Barry, you want to talk about Orda or you want me to – I want to mention one more thing about Orda before we take – Well, all I was going to say about Orda was that uh, it was fun. I liked that it had the uh, first Panzer Dragoon as an extra. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a fun little bonus. And I actually – the sad thing was, again – I unlocked it on my original Xbox, but I don't have my original Xbox hooked up to our big TV, so I have to start all over on my file, so that sucks. But it's worth it. I get to replay the game. So music's awesome, too. Oh, yeah. Anu Ota Venua is great. Remember, I still have the three three music rips that I downloaded back in 2003 in my (laughs) iTunes library. Good stuff. I was going to say they released an Xbox... Panzer Dragon. Oh, like, yeah. That's, oh, a limited that's, edition 999 Xbox number made. I've never, I've never seen it, ever. <laughs> I've never seen anybody yeah, that owned it. I do know, I remember Sega fans saying, like, if, if there is a next Sega console, that's the one you buy, because it's, it's a Sega-branded console, even though it's uh, Microsoft-made. The only, uh, this generation, the only Sega console, I guess, that we, I mean, I mean that's close to a Sega console... Well, I guess it would be the Yakuza PS3 releases, but then then again, they weren't as nice looking as a yeah. And there was one. there was that Mario and Sonic Blue Wii, but it's just a blue Wii. Yeah, it doesn't have a symbol. Like, <laughs> I wish I wish Sega would like manufacture like very limited edition consoles with a, with like an official logo, and it looks like a Sega console. Yeah, cool. you know what they are? Well, well, you know what we can all do is we can all build our own Sega consoles. <laughs> you want to get a PC, stick stick a bunch of high quality parts in there, um, and then just put a bunch of Sega games onto the hard drive, and Ben got your Sega console. Works for me. Actually, <laughs> that's, that's a little project I've wanted to do for a while. What, make us make a new Sega console and then tell them yeah. to make games for you. Yeah, <laughs> Only for <thanks>. you. <laughs> Here's the specs. Get on it. <laughs> when I come back, I want at least ten games. <laughs> so Shiggs wanted to talk about our next game, uh, Astro Boy Omega Factor for the Game Boy Advance, a licensed game that is too good. F- it's too good for a licensed game, <laughs> I guess. Oh yeah, <laughs> What'd you way have to say good. About it? I mean, that was a treasure developed Sega, you know, game. Uh, mm-hmm. The the um, what was I going to say? The next, well, not the next, but the console versions were done by Sonic Team and. They yeah, weren't even comparable. It was actually Sonic Team's, Sonic Team's first PlayStation 2 game. I played through most of it. I didn't think it was that bad. It's just the levels were kind of mediocre, but the bosses were fun. Was but, that the yeah. first bad Sonic Team game you played? No, no, no. Well, okay. I guess I know, yeah, it was the first bad Sonic I know a certain chicken boy didn't make this list because I didn't want to <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends on your feelings <laughs> on Billy Hatcher. Right. But yeah, Astro Boy, I mean, uh, it's, it was a treasure game, so I had to have it. But it was not only that, it was an awesome action title. Are you very are you well serious, loved. dude? I just noticed the list. You didn't even put Virtual Quest. I want to fucking bash on that game. What the hell? Oh, we can talk about <laughs> it if you want. Oh, yeah. Well, what year did that come out? I don't even know. I'll look it up while we're talking. I have fond memories of that title. With that. One, another thing with that Astro Boy, was that it wasn't just that it was a game for Astro Boy. It was also a love letter to... Osama Tezuka, the creator, because 
during the game, you'd constantly meet up with every single one of his creations from his other comic titles. Oh, that's cool. Manga titles, which is pretty awesome. Sega actually was on a roll, like, doing his franchises. Blood Will Tell was another one, I think, of his, uh, Mm. based on one of his mangas. 2004 in Japan. So we could technically talk about it now. Well, uh, yeah, we... Yeah, you guys have anything more to say on Astro Boy Omega Factor except that uh... I never played it. I've been meaning to, but then I but I guess haven't gotten to it. If you have a regular DS, I seriously recommend picking it up and uh, finding, and it, finding like it, it like used, a, used or, or on eBay. On eBay. Yeah, oh. it looked a lo- looked like it was a lot of fun. I, I, I wasn't really I, I I didn't really know what Treasure was back in 2003. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm very serious. I uh, didn't know about them until uh, until I played a Gunstar Heroes on the Genesis in 2007. No, I knew about Treasure as soon as I played Gunstar Heroes because they were the main developer on that. I guess now we could talk about Virtual Quest, my favorite Sega game of all time. Oh, yeah, that moves us into 2004. That's a yeah. great game, right, George? Want to oh, talk about man. it? Dude, this is the first Sega game where like I got slapped in the face for supporting. <laughs> I don't even know why I was excited for this game. Well, what, you play well, Sora, right? And you're like in Kingdom Hearts and you're looking for the Virtua Fighter guys? Well, at the time it was being hyped as a uh, Virtua Fighter RPG. Yes, because... Yeah, it was Shenmue. Yeah, they, they were saying it's like it's like Shenmue because like it's an RPG, action RPG where you meet the Virtua Fighter characters. It was what Yu Suzuki ever wanted, all right? So I'm right. like, oh, I have to support this. Yu Suzuki's never let me down. He's a beautiful fucking <laughs> man. So... <laughs> I'm all telling my friend, dude, that game's going to be good. So one day I'm at his house and they're reviewing it on X-Play, which I already knew was a mistake to watch to begin with. Right. And so we're all sitting there listening to – I'm watching the review and they're complaining 30 – like they do 10, 10 – like five minutes of the review on how bad the, his, the shoe sounds when you're walking on it. Right. A little sound effect. And they gave it like a really low score. So I still didn't believe it. I was like, no, this game's going to be awesome. So I bought it. <laughs> Man, that game was sucked. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Man. It had all like the game feels kind of Sega-ish. Like I like the like. Yes, I know. I know. There's that. <laughs> it has like kind of like a geeky like little kid anime design. But like yeah. when you when you live in your uh, this is part when you start off in your like virtual room or whatever. Uh huh. Like it reminds me of Fantasy Star Online because it's all future. They actually had a hunter's guild in yeah. it. Yeah, it's exactly. And then it's you, called the Hunter's Guild too, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then like I like that, and then I also reminded me of like, uh, well, the when you go and fight, you meet virtual fighter characters. That was pretty cool, but it just it, it's just too shitty. That's it. <laughs> so game. it's not worth it. Not worth touching. No, it's not worth touching at all. Oh man, I, I, we have to add little shitty games in here. I mean, we can't just put all the positive stuff. Then all the kids would be all like, "Oh man, Sega just rocks." Well, we're once we get into 2005, 2006, it's going to be oh, shit after God. shit. So. You can't, you can't avoid the shit. But <laughs> before we get into the shit, are you, it's been shit, <laughs> the years. <laughs> 2004 saw the first new main series Sonic title for all platforms, Sonic Heroes. Talking about shit. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what do, what do you guys? I, well, I'll start on it because I remember after after the Dreamcast died and went away. Uh, I bought the occasional game, but 
I, I mean, I only really bought Orta and Jet Set Radio Future and a few PlayStation 2 titles and then went to college. And it wasn't until 2004 that Sonic Heroes was really the first like Sega game that I bought in a while. And it was also the first Sonic game I bought since 2001. I was like all pumped wow. to get it. I was a little iffy because it, it was weird to play an Xbox Sonic game. But um, yeah, well, I'll let you guys talk about the game, but that, that's how I got it at least. I want, Jason, like I want Jason to start this off because he always has a, a stupid view on everything, and I don't What's, like it. Do you love hey. it? <laughs> no, I did not love it. The fact is, I got to play it at E3 at the time, and they were smart to demo the first level and the uh, train the level where you, grinded, where you grinded on the rails a lot. And mm-hmm. at the time, they it was a, you know pretty awesome. Everything seemed like it was working out good. The, I always say the main gameplay of Sonic Heroes is okay as far as switching everybody around. It's the horrible level design of some of the later levels, and the horrible story, and the absolutely atrocious voice acting that really ruins that game. The graphics also they look like plastic, uh, plastic toys. They look very plasticky. It, that was the, the that was the re I guess redesign of Sonic. For the and new God generation. help you if you were stuck with the PlayStation 2 version, <laughs> ran like 30 frames a second. Was that, that's kind of what confirmed for all of us that Sonic Team hates, hates the PlayStation 2. Surprisingly, <laughs> the GameCube one was the, was the superior, probably the one they worked on. I mean, the one they worked on then ported to the other system. I think what happened is that they were working on it, and they were probably working on it as an exclusive to GameCube. And, uh-huh. and Sega was probably like, oh shit, the GameCube did not dominate everything. What the fuck mm-hmm. are we going to do now? And then they're like, well, I guess we could just release on everything. Yeah. You know, they didn't have much faith in it when they released it in January instead of Christmas time. And yes. yet it still managed to sell very well. It's, it probably stands as the best-selling Sonic title since Sonic 2. I think of course, been, I unlike think... Sonic 2, it was able to sell on three platforms instead of, three platforms instead of one. I think because this is when Sega was slowly taking that Sonic diarrhea dump on their fan base. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. can well, you guys is, say anything? This is where the in- I'm sorry. This is where the inspiration started to die. You could tell Sega just wasn't in it the way they used to be. A lot of the creativity right. was starting to die off. 2003, I remember, was called the the Year of Sonic. Yuji Naka coined that title the the year of sonic was 2003 when they just basically they just promised that we're going to melt this franchise for all for all it's worth right and uh, sonic heroes was kind of the end result of all that which i thought i i had a lot of fun with sonic heroes back in the day um it, it was a really fast game when it wanted to be fast uh-huh. I noticed I noticed something of a pattern with it, where we had where it would usually be one fast level, then one slow level, then one fast level, then one slow level. So it was kind of like a fifty-fifty kind of game. But the problem is, the slow levels were really really bad much of the time. Well, what was your like favorite that? thing about the game? If you could say a positive. Uh, well, it's fast. I thought the I thought the graphics were gorgeous, and uh, I really liked the um, rainforest level where you got to. Make frog that was pretty good. Where the frogs made made it rain and stuff. I also really liked the the second to last stage, um, Egg Fleet. The, the last last stage was a bit of a bitch. That, that this is when the Sonic games start getting really ridiculously and cheaply hard. But uh, yeah, Sonic Heroes had some fun moments. It's it's kind of one of those Sonic games that's really divisive. It's really probably the first. Truly de- divisive Sonic game that was up, that was released. Uh-huh. 
you, I think also the reason why Sonic Heroes wasn't as good as it could have been was also because there was a lot of changes going on in Sonic Team that time. Um, yeah. The merger was happening. Um, uh, United Game Artists got uh, pitted with, uh, got you know, their Sonic Team after 2004. Uh-huh. Uh, their leader left, but I guess I could, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put another game in here because I have to talk about this game. Well, here, let me just say something about uh, Sonic, Sonic Heroes. Heroes. All right, go on. Yeah, I'll say the, the good things I liked, I liked the soundtrack a lot. I liked the the uh, look, like the visual design of the stages. I thought it was the closest they came to the Genesis games until Generations. And uh, let's see, I liked the stage progression, the fact that it was like the original Genesis games, and I wish they actually tried that again. Um I, but I didn't like the uh, stage length, the fact that the characters talked all the time, and the fact that it played. I didn't mind switching characters, but I hated the fact that it felt it didn't feel like Sonic Adventure when you were just running around. Like it felt like they built a new engine for no reason, and I'm sure there's a technical reason why. But overall, I, I'd give it like a, a 60 out of 100 right now. But back then, I'd maybe maybe give it like a B minus. I liked it, but I didn't love it. All right, I agree, I guess. I mean, at the time, it wasn't as bad, but then after I play it now, it's like, yeah, this isn't that great. <laughs> I was more right, forgiving. We'll get, shitty, we'll get to some shitty Sonic games later, but what, what game Sonic did you want Bingo to Bingo Highway. I wanted to talk about the launch title for the DS, Sonic Teams. Feel the Was Magic. X, XYXX. Oh, oh, feel, oh, yeah, yeah. Rub Rabbit. Yeah, Project Rub. Um... <laughs> Man, that game is so weird. It's like everything. I guess I, that reminded me a lot of like a a little title Sega would release on like the Dreamcast because yeah. it was just so weird. It reminded me kind of like that Seaman, Seaman. Uh, Sorry. Seaman. Yes. Um, that kind of vibe where it's so uh -huh. weird. You don't know if they're trying to be perverted or they're just like, are you? Or you're the one being the pervert? It's uh -huh. kind of it. I feel the magic had that kind of vibe, like they were going for like a sexy game but it's not i guess not really like oh, sex yeah i know what you mean yeah like it's a good game i mean the little mini games i was never this is like a pretty good mini game collection i actually really love that game i thought yeah, it was really well done i did too i thought it was uh and i saw like the art style on it i really liked the art that's what get, get got me intrigued that's but cool. yeah some of the actually were kind of crap but go on no you go ahead I never played it. <laughs> oh, there is like mini games where like you had to blow stuff or like I think this is the second game, but there's one where you have to like use a stylus and like trace. You're like on a bike and you mm -hmm. wherever you trace over, that's where you go. And you have uh -huh. to go on these little paths and then you have to try to solve the maze. And it's like also you could die if you if you like screw up. For real? It's also die? one of those close to launch games that wanted to emphasize all the difference yeah you know, this one has like stuff where you blow on the microphone and stuff like stuff that the ds didn't ever i mean other games didn't do like sonic yeah. team went in there and they decided to like <laughs> use every little aspect of the ds like the uniqueness and it's obvious in the design the designer is obvious one of the designers is obviously uh yuji naka so that makes sense yeah. if you see well, one of the mini games i remember from that was a, a sailboat mini game where you had to blow into the ds he had to blow so hard and so loudly that it's just not something you could do in public. <laughs> and, and it would leave you lightheaded after a while. 
And there was another game where you had to yell into the microphone. It was, it was not really the most portable of games because it it, it kind of forced you to be so disruptive when it, you were around well, other people, it did, when but you were it, strangers and stuff. Yeah, it did, but it also had a lot of games that didn't use any of that. Like I remember my mom was really into like a bowling mini game on there where you have to like bowl and hit. I think you had to hit certain things, but there's like bus passes, like you know, buses passing by in cars. So oh yeah, try to, you know, bowl through traffic. She was really into that game. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It had like cool. it had a lot of unlockables. It was a cool little mini game. I mean, it wasn't. It's not going to be like a you know super classic, but if you have like, that's not classic. But it's it's it was it's really it's one of those um kind of quintessential Sega games. Yeah, little unique quirky games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my. I like that game. And if you have a DS, anybody. Go on GameStop, get your five dollars, and buy it if you can find it. Yeah. yeah. Well, then uh, moving on to a uh, sequel to a classic, uh, oh, I yeah. Outrun Two for the Xbox. Again, uh, had any of you played it at the time? I know I I didn't, and I intended to get around to it, and then the uh, Xbox 360 version came out, where it's not the same game, but you know. But uh, did any of you play it? Yes, I'll run two. Yeah, I'll run two. Yeah, man, I love that game. What do you? That's like I think I was so excited when that game came out. Like I was expecting that game to be like the 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 Sega. The, I mean, the Sega game that places them back on the map, sort of like Outrun kind of placed them in the arcade industry. I was mm-hmm. disappointed when I read the reviews, but man, I love that game. I mean, it's so cool. Like it, it reminded me so much of Outrun One, but like it's. It's the most. It's like probably the best arcade racing game I played this. I mean, last generation. So, yeah, nice. I really like that game. The music, yeah, the graphics. We recently, uh, we recently featured a, a a tune from that on Tuesday Tunes. It's a. Uh, it's really. It's, it's really probably one of my favorite Sega arcade games. It has uh-huh. that whole blue skies atmosphere to it, and uh, that that nice Sega kind of um, energetic. Kind of, kind of uh, happiness. It's a really happy, happy blue game. But it also now, has. A, it also really has the cool, fast and beautiful I mean, and gorgeous. But it also has that cool factor where, like, you're driving with a girl in a Ferrari down, like, you know, what I mean, exotic. <laughs> yeah, exotic it's, especially, it's especially cool when you start driving, driving between cars, and she starts getting all impressed, and harks start coming up, and goes, "Oh my." <laughs> and and he's swerving through traffic, uh, and the, the the best thing about it is that it's not really it wasn't really a racing game it was just a driving game, so it, it despite the fact that it's a sequel it's still pretty unique in this day and age. I think the game was too bare boned for for video game reviewers. I think this is another thing that Sega at this time, even though they made good games, they would still cons- they would still get low reviews because. I thought it, it got well reviewed. It, huh. some, I mean, it, it got it got all right reviewed, but like it wasn't like a nine out of ten game. Wow. Most of the stuff, most of the cr- critics didn't like the fact that it didn't have you couldn't fine tune your car or whatever. Oh, it's not a, a sim. Yeah, that's My what I'm God, saying. I hate sims. So that's what I said. It's like oh yeah, average in the seventy sevens, man. That game deserved a little bit better than that. I mean, seventy seven still a good score, but it isn't what it yeah. it should have gotten. I mean, was it a full price, like uh, $50, $60 game at the time? 
I don't they, know. They weren't sixty dollars back then. Uh, they were sixty. I think sure. it was. I think. I think it might have came out at forty, but but I'm pretty sure it came out fifty. I'm pretty. Sure. I'm almost hundred percent sure. Hmm. Do you it think that's too much, or is that worth it? We had to consider at the time when this game came out, not there wasn't a downloadable service for that type of game. So I would say they should have priced it at thirty. Yeah. But yeah, because it was just an arcade port. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I think the. I think one of the versions got multiplayer. Uh. Oh. But I, I think that was yeah. You're. I think you're thinking of the Xbox Live version. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of the Xbox Live version. That's the one I played. I didn't play it on the original Xbox. Oh no, I'm thinking about the I'm thinking about the PSP one. I think they did a PSP port of it, coast to coast. I think it was. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good game. You never played it, Barry? I I can't recall playing it. I mean, it was an arcade game, though, right? It was. It came out on consoles. Okay, I mean, I think I played it in the arcade if it came to America, but I I don't recall playing it on consoles. No. It was on it was on Xbox Live not that long ago, and it was on sale. You should have gotten it. In America. Oh, Xbox. Well, yeah, I've played it. I played the recent X, oh. uh, Outrun Online Arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the same game. It's just the port. But I definitely I'm gonna say that once we get into this 2004, 2005, 2006 era, when I was in college, I was not playing any new games. I was playing all old stuff just because I was poor, you know. So. Uh, a lot of these games that we're going to talk about, I, I didn't play until about 2007 when I started buying them used. But um, talk, tell us did, about your poor years. What do you used to do for money? Well, no, I mean I did work. I worked for my school, but I definitely didn't make enough to like go out and buy a sixty dollar game. Were you one of those girls that used to go to strip clubs and say, "Oh, I'm I'm just going to put myself through college"? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> no, I knew it. <laughs> no, I mean. I, I did a lot of used buying then. I bought a lot of used like games and DVDs, and I was how, buying. How, how do you feel that you uh, destroyed uh, S- Sega? Well, hey, I mean the games we're going to be talking about in the next for oh five oh six. I, I definitely am glad I didn't spend a penny on them at yeah. the time because they didn't Outrun deserve two. any of that money. Outrun, Outrun Two was kind of really the last really good Sega game for a while. Was even in two thousand four, it was kind of. Really, kind of just a really quality title, a bastion of mediocrity, and a sea well, of speaking, mediocrity at the time. Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, last games, uh, coming up to our next one, Puyo Pop Fever was the last uh, Sega-developed Dreamcast title in Japan, and uh, it also received uh, releases in Europe and America, but not on the Dreamcast. It was on, uh, I think, the PlayStation Two and the GameCube. I think, it was uh, most, I think, I think only the GameCube version got an initial. Western release, and I think yeah. that that version's even kind of rare. I think they I did. A, I think they did a DS port, didn't they? Eventually, yeah, but that, that wasn't in two thousand four. I saw Puyo Pop Fever last week at GameStop used for uh, I think ten bucks, but I already have the Dreamcast one, so I didn't buy it. You should have bought it. Just, uh, just fuck them. That's why the Dreamcast yeah. one had that um, that thing that OS update. Mm-hmm. It, uh, that was a really OS nice surprise when I found that out. It changed the entire, if anyone doesn't know it, when you had a uh, Puyo Pop Fever file on your VMU, it changed the uh, startup sc- uh, OS on the Dreamcast to like a new super like 3D and you could move it around. It was like a 2.0 kind of thing. It was pretty cool. One last hurrah for Sega. Yeah, basically. I mean, did any of you guys play that at the time? I didn't play it until about a year ago. 
So yeah, I, I, didn't play, play I played it, play it on the DS, so it was good. I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking, but it was a fun Puyo game. I'm surprised. So. I'm still surprised that they haven't brought the game to like iOS and Android since they love bringing the. They brought Choo Choo Rocket, which was weird, yeah. like, out of nowhere. But I, I assume that Puyo Puyo Fe- I mean Puyo Pop Fear or whatever would be back because I think uh, Sega Japan released one on Android. One of the games, and uh, I just assumed Sega would too. I mean America, but so far that's a dead. Fr- that's a Japan only franchise apparently. This is the only time it came west, I think too. Yeah, it's a shame because I mean you'd think a puzzle game is the easiest thing to port over, and especially if they maybe make it like a XBLA or PSN title. Like uh, I know Busta Move's been doing that recently, where you can you can get the new games, but they're on. Uh, downloadable services i think sega really dropped the ball when it comes to that because puyo pop is an awesome franchise and they have a lot of great uh ds games that could totally be translated and who know, i don't even know if maybe they do have english uh versions oh, yeah. on the japanese because uh, a lot of the times they do so all sonic team games have both english and japanese they're always bilingual even well, the then, dreamcast version of puyo of puyo fever that's yeah. Th- then Sega should really be bringing it over here. But uh, well, let's move on to 2005. I know Knuckles wants to talk about this awesome game. Ah uh, uh, yes, Shadow knows, the Hedgehog. Everyone knows Shadow the Hedgehog. This was the <laughs> first Sonic the Sonic Team game I ever hated, and it it came as such a surprise to me at the time. How could a game about a cartoon hedgehog who guns down? Gr- who, who guns down evil aliens in grungy, dark sci, sci, sci-fi environments, be bad. How could this possibly be a disaster? Well, well, well appara- apparently Sonic Team doesn't know how to make a goddamn shooter because it was so goddamn awful. I mean, it, there, there, there is very little redeemable about this game. Um... I, 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 as I played it, I, I was like disillusioned. I, I refused to believe it was as bad as it was. The, the, shooting, the, the shooting controls were stiff, and the, the level design was difficult to get around, and the levels were slow. It was just a really slow game much of the time. Yeah. And, the, and the shooting and the running just didn't work very well. Then there were all these enemy rooms right to destroy all these aliens with massive life bars and it just stopped what was already a slow game in its tracks i Uh I don't know what sonic team was trying to do with this you want me to tell you what they were trying to do they were trying to like like an an unmitigated disaster is what they're trying to do they were trying to sell the sonic franchise to the new gen crowd like me at the time trying to they're trying to do it they're trying to do a jack and dexter game yeah, yeah. That's, I was thinking. You know what? This is this is gonna be like Ratchet and Clank, which is a fun game. You know, the, the shooting and everything works easy, works well with the platforming. I thought, yeah, Ratchet and Clank. That's what this Shadow. is. Shadow. <laughs> this was when I really began to um, become concerned for the Sonic franchise, and when I really began to kind of join others in my hatred of Shadow the Hedgehog and. <laughs> I began so to see, was... yeah, yeah, that camera is kind of shitty. And the worst thing about, well, you know what? I should save this next part of my rant for Sonic 06. Um, but, yeah, very bad, very disappointing game. God, I remember buying that one uh, back in 2005, and I, re- I uh, returned it or 
traded and used a month later. <laughs> I've never done that with the Sonic game before. I traded in as fast as I could. I didn't even get to the any of the good levels, really, as hard as I tried. Because that's another thing that was a problem with it. Not just the, how bad the shooting and the driving was. The fact yeah. that in order to get a good to go to the good path or the bad path, you either had to defeat every single hero or defeat every single enemy. And so yeah. a lot of times you couldn't find where the hell they were. It also had that same scene in the butt. And then I was there was the fact uh, that every, all the enemies attacked you. There was no AI in this game. No, and yeah, that's I mean, what I was going to say. Go ahead. They, the, the, uh, it had the same problem with heroes where characters wouldn't shut the fuck up. They were like, hey, Shadow, why don't you help me out? And then it's like, Shadow, you should help me. And then it was like, Shadow, this is Dr. Robotnik. You should help. And it was just like, dude, I'm helping Sonic right now. Back off. And then the other characters would fight me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fight everyone because everyone wants to kill me. Yeah. Was, yeah, it's, yeah. Even when it's obvious that you're killing all the aliens and you're helping out the, uh, you know, the soldiers, they're still yeah. shooting at you. It's insane. And and in fact, I, I, I honestly think this is a worse as far as boring game, even though, even though it's probably a, maybe even poorly poor designed game than Sonic 06. I actually liked Sonic 06 a little better than Shadow the Hedgehog. Well, I was lucky never to play the game on release. In fact, I bought Shadow uh, in 2008 on eBay used. The guy sent it to me, and the box was so beat up, I complained. And he said, oh, just keep it. I'll refund your money. So I got it for free, and I still feel ripped off. And same goes for Sonic 06. I got that oh, for free, and a buy two, get one free sale, and I still felt I wish I could say I got it for, it for free. free be- I-, I pre-ordered it for a free beanie at EB Games. Fuck yeah, I was I about to talk beanie. about that right now, And I man. still have to go-, to go through the indignity of buying of buying the game at the store in public. George is wearing his beanie right now. What I was am- that beanie like? I remember that uh, this is the this is around the time I actually got like after the Dreamcast death, I kind of got out of like video gaming. Like I would play, but I wasn't like embedded into a community. Yeah, like, it was it- the same. This 2005 is when I actually started joining the Sega boards. And I remember we were talking about the beanie out of all things. And I pre-ordered <laughs> it because I was like, dude, so- Sonic the Hedgehog was all right in Sonic Adventure 2. I'm getting it because everybody convinced me. They're so, this, was, this is when everybody wanted a Shadow game. I mean, uh-huh. this, this is before the disaster happened. Yeah. And, then, and then when I saw an early review, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> After Sonic Heroes, no way. I went and got my money, and I and I took my pre-order off. Well, before but, we move on to the next game, I think we should all say one positive about Shadow, if we can even call one from uh, the game. About, about the game. Oh, the I love his fucking chest hair. It's all just like a little fl- furry. Yeah, that's there it. was one particular <laughs> level design thing I wish they kind of kept over because most Sonic games are always going forward, moving forward. In this one, there was parts where you can actually just turn around and go back. And uh-huh. it made the it made the levels a lot more open. But other than that, that's the only good thing I could say about the game. How about you, Knuckles? It was um, <laughs> the... one the really nice, nice, happy thing. The music was nice. You okay? Yeah. We're gonna have to think. Okay, you got to think about it this way. This is around the time the Sonic team was being worked like a horse. They were they did Sonic Heroes. Uh-huh. They did the port for. Biopop uh, Fever. They did probably another game that year. We probably didn't talk about. Uh-huh. And then they did Shadow the Hedgehog. Then they did. They had to do, I guess, consulting on uh, Sonic Rush. Mm-hmm. So and then they and then they had a new generation game the year after that. So 
I'll say the one, the one positive I can get from it is that I liked the, that it revisited levels from Sonic Adventure 2. It, it brought a little continuity into the series, with which was kind of fun. Like, there was uh, Prison Island, and I remember... What was it? Was well, the I did final, like the continuity. Wasn't... Uh, I, I just It felt like a Sonic Adventure 2.5, which was pretty fun, at least in terms of like the levels, but the game was shit. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, could, could I make a minor cor- correction to, to something I said earlier? Yeah, uh, Outrun ahead. 2 averaged 82%. Oh. Uh, uh, not uh, 77 That was Outrun 2 Coast to Coast. Not oh. high enough for George Perez, dude. I like mine. I, li- I like my Outruns to be 10s out of 10s. That's nice. <laughs> well, um, Play and Magazine gave it a 9. Killed. What happened? Of course, I think uh, Play... Uh, uh, play also play. Tm gave it a nine point one. Them they also they also gave Shadow the Hedgehog like a pretty high score, man. No, no, you're thinking uh, they gave Sonic the Hedgehog 06 a pretty high score, but we're gonna get to that soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, Sonic Rush on the DS. I played it at a friend's house, but I never played it in 05. Did any of you guys play it? I, oh, I loved it. I got I, it the moment it came out. Yeah, me it too. It was uh, it was my. My comfort. Tim's <laughs> finest hour. That, that was that was their best Sonic game. What was so great about it? No, let me let me tell you what's so bad about it. First. What's so bad about it, George? Let's first get of all, some negative. Does, these guys don't understand fucking video game design. Okay. <laughs> the, some of the levels were pretty alright, and but I mean compared to a, a pat like the advanced series, I think some of them were lacking in design. Uh, they uh, had the worst, like, like last level where they made you, like, okay, the game's talking to you, I mean, telling you to go fast. It's called Sonic Rush. And then mm-hmm. the last stage, for no reason, it's like, you'll die if you go fast. It's just, like, bad design, I think. I think that's another issue with Sonic games. Like, they expect you to go slow in sections, and they expect you to go fast, but they don't really give you a, you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. really know when to stop and when not to stop. It's kind of, I don't know, that's what it seems like to me in this game. Like, they couldn't g- get their mind straight. Like, of course they needed platforming parts, so they they made them, but it, it felt like they, a lot of people just wanted to go really fast because they let you go really fast. Mm-hmm. Well, so, in Sonic games, you always want to go really fast, but in every Sonic game, if you go really fast without some memorization of the levels, you're going to hit a lot of things. Or in Sonic Rush's case, you're going to fall down some holes and die. The soundtrack was awesome, I know that. Okay, yeah, well, that, I was kind of used to by then. It's a dicky now with Kanuba. You can't help but have an awesome soundtrack with him. That's true. And we had uh, the introduction of Blaze, I believe her the name worst is. worst character. Best new Sonic Oh, that's an awesome Oops. character. Big the Cat's what? sister, right? Blaze the, Blaze the Cat is the best char- uh, newly introduced character in Sonic since Are Knuckle. you fucking kidding? What's so cool about her? Nothing. She's just a big recolor. She's she's just Sonic with flames. So lame. Oh, well, no. We're, we're <laughs> talking about her personality, George. Well, I don't give a shit about personalities. All the personalities, <laughs> characters, Sonic's... I mean, hey, that sh- actually makes her better is that she plays like Sonic. Every other goddamn Sonic game, you had people who played differently and they all sucked. Then well, why can't they no, just Knuckles actually is better than Sonic because he plays better than Sonic. But I, I just don't see the... If you're talking about Big, I understand. <laughs> it should have just been, been Tails. <laughs> I mean, shit, I mean, who cares? I mean, why do we need a new character? Like, I don't see the purpose. Like, when Shadow came in, there wasn't another Hedgehog that was evil. So it was like, whoa, if Sonic was evil, that's crazy. I don't see the point of her. Like, George like, hates girls. I just hate <laughs> girls and cats and 
Yeah. The color purple. Except for well, Blaze kind of Lang Sang Rashik's own identity of sorts. Uh, kind yeah, of for a like, while, uh, they only had her in those games. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, and Sonic 06, but we don't talk about that, about her and that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I will say her origins are kind of messed up as hell. She's from a, another dimension. She's from the future. She's a queen. It's not even worth thinking well, about. Well, Sonic 06, just ignore Sonic 06. It, it never existed, it, but we have to talk about that later. But Yeah, we yeah. will talk about that soon. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Spike Out Battle Street for the Xbox. That's a Demps, another Demps game. Uh, it was a successor I to have, 98. Oh, what is, what's up? I actually have a good story into this, but go on. Oh, about Spike Out? Yeah. Good, yeah, go I on. I think Knuckles... <laughs> I never played it either. Um... I think Knuckles was yeah Knuckles I think was well, he wasn't an admin but he was on the board on the Sega boards at the time. Yes, I, yes, a, lo- a lot of us on the Sega board pledged to support the title. I didn't pledge. I just watched the pledge, and a lot wow. of people bought it. I mean, I guess, and I think it did pretty well. I guess because I think Sega knew it was going to be a failure, and I think it became a rare game because it was only print. I think they reported thirty thousand units printed. And yeah, I think it was that- really small. Yeah, and I think that was the point of a lot of the Sega board members. They were kind of hoping it would be like Panzer Dragoon Saga, where it'd be, you know what I mean? It was expensive after a while. Yeah. So I guess a few of them bought a few extra copies and kept them brand new. But yeah. Was it good? I have never played it. <laughs> I heard it was terrible. I don't think it's it ever dropped. I, I, like, I, I waited a year if it got cheap yeah. so I could pick it up, and I never saw it get cheaper than 40 bucks online. So, so it's I never one of those... Games we've never played, it could be great, it could be... I bet it's so-so. I bet it's not awful. I heard it's pretty awful. But, um, really? I heard it's, like, really broken, and it's it's a port from 98. What do you expect, you know what I mean? Well, it's a sequel to a 98 oh, game. It's a sequel? Yeah. I, I never I played some of the uh, Spike Out, and they're not that great of a series. Uh, no. I think that's Negoshi's early series. I and guess. I think, yeah, I, I see that in it, too. It kind of has that street-brawling Yakuza feel to it. Yeah. I, so, I thought I heard it was a bit like um, Streets of Rage, except you know not not as good. But yeah. there's a copy of it available for sixteen sixty four on uh, eBay. Well, there you go. It's still it's kind of that rare. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, I didn't think I'll it was admit, gonna be rare. I'll admit I thought it was a uh, uh, like an extreme beach volleyball game. Where you, <laughs> That's where what you, I always thought it was for a while. I mean, look at the name Spike Out. You think you think volleyball, and then Battle Street. You think it's like oh, street volleyball. Like it's some weird quirky. Sega Japanese game where they're uh, like thugs playing volleyball. <laughs> well, I will say this though. I always, I always I liked the fact that they brought back that 90 early gangster. Yeah. Uh, look. Well, that's what your lifestyle is, right? <laughs> where everybody dresses like in big jackets, like uh, Nagoshi. Yeah. You guys ready to go into 2006? It's going to be awful. Are you ready? Oh God! First year no. ever. Can't we, can't we go back to 2003 and talk about no. Panzer Dragoon some more? I'm sorry. Uh, 2005 was it was kind of a shitty year. 2006, it really started to get awful. The uh, uh, absolutely horrible. No one likes it, and if they say they like it, they're lying to themselves. Sonic the Hedgehog came out on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Who dares mention anything about this horrible game? I want to spit oh, in the faces God. of everyone who developed it. And if anyone says it's good, aside from the music, they're a piece of shit. Go. I if it, it, if it hadn't been so rushed, it would have been a masterpiece. 
<laughs> you know, you know what uh, really pisses me off about this game? The fact that, that someone gave it a 9.0. Who did and that? Got all of our hopes up. Play magazine. <laughs> I own that magazine still. It's in good condition. I should burn it. Do it. God, I played that at E3 and I was like, okay, it's just must be still really early uh you know, <laughs> demo it must still be in the early beta stages because it was that's it was still pretty bad at, back that's then. What the rest of us said when we played the uh, Xbox Live demo, I actually didn't think it was so bad until I. I didn't think the Xbox Live yeah. demo was so so bad actually. It, it Did it come with roasted glasses? A, and... It actually felt like a more developed version of what we finally got. It was cut. It was actually cut shorter too. If you ever got to play that demo, this is actually yeah. this is what I like it's to a call cut shorter level uh, than it. Than what we actually got, but I, man, I, they tricked us. Yeah, I remember. I remember that when the demo came out, everybody was trying to like trick themselves. Like, this is an early build. This is an older build. The new game's gonna be good. I know it. And then when the game <sighs> came out, I was like, oh, that's pretty good scores coming out. It was. It great. was worse and more glitchy than the demo was. Oh <laughs> yeah. God. I, I mean, remember the exact moment I realized that this was a very, very bad game. I was Shadow the Hedgehog. I was on that wave. It took you that ocean. long? <laughs> Quiet yeah. you. Yeah. And <laughs> I tried to play, and I tried to control the hovercraft. Yeah. And I couldn't control the hovercraft. It kept moving around like it was on dog, like it was skating around on very oily dog shit. Yeah. And I knew it was a horde game that wasn't going to get any I, better when I, I played I tales. died a little inside. I mean, I'm. I'll admit there are, there are things not maybe games, movies, you know, TV shows where people say they're shitty, but I find you know entertainment out of them. But Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 is probably the only. It's probably the only thing in video games, movies, television where I can look at it and I can say it is the worst thing I've ever like experienced, and I didn't even pay money for it. It's so bad. It was worse than Superman 64. The worst storyline of all time, too. Yes, definitely the worst storyline of all time. Oh my god, the it's only, just stuck a oh Final god. Fantasy story in there. The only entertainment I get from the game is, one, the soundtrack, which is worth downloading, and yeah. two, watching the uh, uh, playthroughs with commentary on YouTube. Because those, like, to see someone else suffer through it is hilarious. It's like watching an episode of Mystery Science Theater. And I think, yeah. what was this? Hellfire Commentaries uh, did a really good one. And It's, enter- uh, it's an entertaining game to point and laugh at. That's yeah. about it's, it. It's also a good game to, to, like, if you have somebody who's never played that game, give them a mm-hmm. few beers, put the game on, just watch them get pissed. It's like, so... And, and, and the worst thing about Science 2006... Uh-huh. Is that it gave everybody retro and retroactive amnesia, and suddenly, uh, and, and suddenly the consensus was not that the Sonic Adventure series and the Dreamcast is good. It was uh-huh. there has never, ever been a good Sonic game in 3D, and some went even further as to say there has not been a good Sonic game since. Sonic and Knuckles, or Sonic Two, and yeah, it's true. like that Sonic Six was so game bad, so bad oh, yeah. that it, it caused it it it, it the badness bounced off of Sonic Six and splattered onto uh, uh, the shit bounced off and splattered onto <laughs> the rest of of Sonic's franchise, it, which it is a shame because 
And guess Adventure what? 1 and 2, they are fun games, and Heroes, you can find some fun in it. But I, I, I hate how people started... They started thinking they were, like, experts, and they were like, well, I've played through Sonic the Hedgehog 06, and it made me realize that the series is shit, and all the past game, you know, it's just... And also, I mean, on the inverse of that, there are a lot... There are also a lot of people that... And I don't want to call out any forums, but, you know, the Sonic Stadium, so I just did. A lot of people, they make they make these, these stupid uh, topics where they go, let's fix Sonic 06. And it's like, no, let's not fix it. Let's forget about it and move on. Fantasy Star Universe is the next game we're talking about. I'm angry. Uh, no, let's talk uh, about Fantasy Star Universe. No, no, no. I want to say one thing. I, I thought it was okay. – I didn't really say anything about Sonic 06. I thought it was funny that Sega th- – had the balls to say, all right, fuck the rest past Sonic games. We're calling this one Sonic the Hedgehog. We're starting over, bitches. And this is the new Sonic. Get ready. Like, they were so pumped that they they took off all the the numbers and, you know, little, you know, subtitles and just said, you know what? This is good enough to be Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just the game. The best credit I can give Takashi Izuka is they had nothing to do with this game at all. Yeah, yeah uh, he he's like I'm not gonna like fucking no. He left the room. Saga. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I would say also say, too so much loading. Like the game didn't even fucking run well. Oh yeah. It felt like it was an alpha game. Like it wasn't even in beta stages and it was released. That's what it feels I mean, like. Oh, speaking of, I... should we each say a positive thing about it before moving on to the next Fuck thing? No, no. No, it doesn't deserve it. No, soundtrack is mine. I liked seeing Blaze in 3D. <laughs> that was kind of nice. <laughs> Still sucked. I like to see. Uh, no goddamn uh, sense. I like to see Tails do the jazz hands. That's my favorite thing. Soundtrack <laughs> was decent. Oh, and I'll say that the uh, generation stages were good too. I like those. Yeah. The classic. Uh, the Act One was a lot of fun. <laughs> I agree. We can move on. Let's move on to Fantasy Star Universe uh, on the 360 and PS3. Again, this is a since it was 2006 and I was kind of out of it in terms of next-gen gaming. Uh, I didn't play it at the time. I've played it since, and it did not excite me as Fantasy Star Online did. How about you guys? Man, uh, I. Go on. Want me to say it? Yeah. I pre-ordered the PC version because I was like, I'm not gonna get stuck with the PS2 idiots and like you know i don't get updates <laughs> so i was excited i went and pre-ordered my copy i got the soundtrack and it was like a crappy like sampler soundtrack they gave you for free uh-huh. and then i went and i kept on calling the day of release this is when i found out that sega doesn't ship games of day of release like they're not there uh-huh. they sh- barely ship them out of their like i guess warehouse on the day of release so you might have to come the next day of release date so I finally got my game, Universe. I was all excited. Then I found out online that, like, you could just... It doesn't have a CD key, so you could have just pirated the game, and it would have made no difference. <laughs> God. So I paid 50 bucks. Then I was paying 10 bucks a month to play it, and Sega purposely... Sonic Team purposely, like, locked out content from the game. Uh-huh. So it could start unlocking content, but it was already on the disc that you paid for. So they're making oh. you... They're milking you for content you already paid for full price. So you could play it online, and that's <laughs> when I found. And that's Sonic when I found. for just a moment. Go on. Oh no. Um, uh, Sonic goes. That's another horrible, horrible thing about Sonic Go Six. It also had locked content on the disc. All those Amigo stages and stuff. Those all on the disc, and they oh. make you pay extra money for it. <laughs> like shitty 
those shitty Amigo stages. Okay, go mm-hmm. go back to PS. Or the harder versions, even though the game was already pretty impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so they did that. Then they added a single player story mode, which was kind of corny, Sonic Team like. I you could tell this. See, this is another Son. This is another Sonic Team game we're talking about. So we could, we I could see why Sonic Team games were so bad. They were doing like huge games every like two a year. Uh huh. So. Yeah, that sucked. The online mode was okay, but like it didn't feel like Fantasy Star Online. I wasn't addicted. I was like bored of it like mm. right away. Like I played, I think I played like at least forty hours into it when I first got it, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I've had enough. I've already played forty hours way too much. So like I for I tried to force myself to like it. It didn't there was work. There's just out. something that wasn't ex- as fun as or exciting as the Dreamcast version. I couldn't put my finger on it. And the content, like the unlockable content later on, was just so slow. And like the yeah, they did an expansion pack, but yeah. it just felt like it was like this should have been free already, like a long time ago. I think that part of it is it just didn't have any story or direction like the previous ones. Oh yeah. yeah. I think the art style in Fantasy Star Online 1 was way better than Universe. I just skipped Universe altogether because I was I didn't really want to uh, pay $10 a month. And then I read all these poor reviews about it. I, I think if, I, if it got the same fanfare as Fantasy Star Online 2, I probably would have eventually gotten it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it just, it just didn't really seem very interesting, which was kind of sucks because... I remember being really excited after I saw the trailer because it looked really cool. You know, like the big, big ass sequel to that dream to the Dreamcast to the Dreamcast game. Yeah, I only right. played it for about two months, and I thought I canceled my subscription, and then I figured out like months later that my uh, I was still getting charged long after I stopped playing it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about something positive. Let's move mm, on to Yakuza. I think we're getting a little down. Um. The Reign of Nagoshi? Tan Man? This this can kind of cover the whole series. We don't need to spend too much time because we have so much more to talk about. But uh, who who played the first Yakuza starring Mark Hamill on uh, PlayStation 2? I did, I did. Did you like it? I played it, I rented it. (coughs) I I want to hear Knuckles' negative feedback first. (laughs) It's not negative so much as underwhelmed. I'm going to punch you yeah. right in the face felt- <laughs> if you ever say underwhelmed to a Nagoshi game ever again. The, the game... The, That's not how it rolls. The thing that really kind of... There, there, there was one thing about the game that I really didn't like, and it was the battle system. The battle system in, in the original was really clumpy. It, I had, like, difficulties lining up my punches and stuff. It just... It didn't feel as slick as it should, as a beat-em-up should. It felt too much like um, really... Um, it, it felt like a lot of kind of mediocre fight, fighting games I've played. And the story, I, I, I recall, is also um, kind of lacking. And Are you serious, plot. dude? Oh, oh man, I'm going to so punch you in the butt. Really, it, it uh, to me, it was just uh, the story was also too dramatic at the time. I actually got bored in places. I uh, think it's part of it is it was a little too... Uh, Ahead of its time, as far as the way the game was, I enjoy the game a lot more on the uh, next-gen consoles than I did on PS2. Well, I, I guess really it's my like turn it, now. It, we already heard the wimps talk about it. Let me let me <laughs> tell you what men think about this game. What do you think? I think the game was excellent. I, I actually it was not on my radar. Actually, the like I didn't even re- I didn't really care about it when I saw the titles and stuff when it was in Japan. But Sharky got me into it. Out of all the people. 
He's like, it looks pretty good. He started freaking linking me to a bunch of videos, and it, and, I, and I and I was sold. Then all of a sudden, Sega of America announced the U.S. release date, which gave me a bigger boner. And then <laughs> and then and then the biggest boner was when uh, Mark Hamill was playing uh, one of the characters. I was like, oh man, it's like Sega just wants to juice me for all it's worth. Yeah. And then then I heard and then I played the game, and it was like the U.S. translation was really bad. Like yeah. I, at the time, I didn't really think about it, and I and I kind of let the fuck words go. But yeah. now I played it again, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> They're ridiculous." It's like, "Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out of here, you fucking idiot!" And it's like every five seconds would be a, the word "fuck." And I'm yeah, like, well, I mean, oh, I mean, I think we can all agree though. The sh- the series just kept getting better since then, though. The yeah. second one was the one I played. Yeah, and second I one loved was when that. The series began to get really good. I think yeah. the second one is when they hit their stride on the PS3 because the, I mean the PS2, PS2. because yeah. uh, the first one had loading issues, the fighting wasn't as good as the second one, but the ending I thought was for the first game like, I, Bear, I mean uh, Jason does bring up a good point with the story. I don't think it's that it's over dramatic, it's that it's they spread it too far. Like in one mm-hmm. mission you're trying to like you know you know, try to find somebody and then all of a sudden you get sidetracked and then like the main missions are like side missions for people you know. And it felt like they were just trying to extend the story. Like the story was only like six chapters, but they made it 12 chapters because they had to sell a game. The the storyline, I remember it it confused me. I lost track of things. It was just, it was too big and it didn't really, didn't really give you enough time to let things soak in. You know, I couldn't really remember the names of a lot of characters or their motivations, who they're connected to now. See, I did, I, I will say I like... Sega did a good I job like, with the menu system, though, with that. Like, they had, like, a nice profile for each person. I like yeah. the characters, though. I like kind of the um, the noir-style detective. I forget his name. And, and uh, Kazuma was also kind of a nice sort of gray area hero. I found the do- I found his um, the, the the girl I forget her name. Uh, I found her to be kind of annoying. <laughs> you know, kind of like the Anakin Skywalker of Yakuza. So um, you I, I mean was, um, you mean uh, what's her name? Uh, Hak Hak uh, fuck, I forgot her name. Forget. I guess I remember her as like Miyumi from Shenmue, the one who took care of the kitten. <laughs> yeah, she um. She gets slapped in the game. That's like the best part of the game. She gets like, I, I, I thought she got slapped in and then, like, and then Ryu, the like, ba- turns around and he just slaps her in the face. I was like, <laughs> that's how it's done. Nice. <laughs> but, um, should we hit? Should we? Oh no, go on. Go, go on. on. Yeah. I do love on. three and four, but like I said, the, it was part of it uh, was the. Graphics were kind of murky, and the story was just so hard to follow on the first two. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the game did ran like at sub SD graphics. Apparently, it's like somebody told me it was like 1040i or some crazy stuff <laughs> like that. So, I personally would like to see Sega re-release them on like US, like both of them digital uh-huh. titles with like the Japanese audio intact, because I would like to play the Japanese audio story because I'm sure they made some stuff. I'd like to see the original Yakuza also get kind of um, a uh, improved fighting system, like they like, just take it out too and stick it. I don't, in th- I don't think I don't think they <laughs> should funny. improve the fighting system. I think I think it needs the Yakuza Two battle system. 
A funny thing with the Yakuza well, is having the subtitles instead of yeah. dumb is Well, I get you. And the loading has to be improved, too, because I'm not going to wait through well, all that. if it's a digital title, loading shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Unless it's Sonic 06. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to move on if you guys want to. All right. Well, uh, speaking of fighting, 2007 brought us Virtua Fighter 5 online with uh. the on the 360. Now I know Virtua Fighter 5 came out earlier on the PlayStation, but I figured I'd add this one on just to, uh, you know, yeah, give was, the 360 Yeah, I was one of those dummies that got the PS3 version and it wasn't even online. Yeah. No, I, I mean, did did any of you play the game back in uh, 07 or even recently? Yeah, I I, did. I played it on the PS3. Okay. I played it on the <laughs> Xbox. Okay. I didn't get I didn't get a PS3 till 2008. So <laughs> there you go. Because you wanted to play uh, Sonic Unleashed, right? No, because I wanted to play uh, Valkyrie Chronicles, but I mean. Oh man, I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> um. Yeah, but um. Sonic Virtual Fighter 5 actually online was actually a pretty big upset to a lot of early PS3 supporters. A lot of people kind of betrayed by Sega for it. And I, I mean, I could see their point of view, but then again, the Xbox people did have to wait a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a fair trade. And by that point, you know, they were probably the PlayStation fans. I mean, if they weren't tired of Virtual Fighter 5 by that point, they were hardcore enough that they should have just gotten the 360 to play online if they cared that much. I don't know. It's a fun game offline, too. There's that great um, kind of uh, fake arcade mode where you go around to uh, Club Sega and all those arcades and play the game. That's I thought that was four. Really cool. Well, that was four? I think four had five, it. had something like the, that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I think but, it um, did. It's, I remember it more in five than four, I think, for some that, reason. That game kind of had a pretty strong community online, mostly Japanese players, but yeah, they kicked my ass, man. They kicked my ass. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I remember there's this one dude that like I don't even he played as that old dude that looks like Landy that we all call Landy usually. Uh, Jin 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 Gensu. Yeah. Shenmo. <laughs> and uh, he like picked him, and he was doing these like weird kicks where like. You couldn't really block it. It'd be like in the middle between your mid and like it was so weird. And he just kept on kicking me and like always break my uh, block stands. And he beat the crap out of me, man. I played that guy like 50 times because I didn't want to (laughs) lose. But it it was terrible. Those Japanese players, man, they know how to play. Oh, God. They're not even into Sonic, but every single Sonic Unleashed and Sonic Generations, you know, super speed run I ever see is uh, from coming out of Japan. I know. They and these then they insane, insane uh, speedruns where they, they boost somehow past jump like over a quarter of the level. Yeah, somehow they're able to do that. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's weird because Sonic's not very pop popular in Japan yet. I love, and, and yet, like, there's all these. That's where some of the best Sonic fan things come out of is Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember when uh, this game came out. That um, wait, you didn't. Wait, I'm trying to look at other games. You didn't put Valkyrie, I mean, Viking, huh? I didn't, no, I didn't get to that. But I did put a, uh, I think I did put another Creative Assembly game later on. Well, I'm going to bring it up later then. Um, okay. Um, Sonic, I mean, Virtual Fighter 5 Online was good. It also, um, the Xbox version was crisper. This is actually what started the whole downhill for the PlayStation. It's early in its life cycle. Yeah. You, uh, you got to feel bad for Sony. First of all, they <laughs> yeah. they released the overpriced hardware. 
then they really then they then they were cocky about it, saying that people should get a second <laughs> job. Then yeah, they they're they pretty much like pretty smug about it because like where where else are you gonna That's play? Go- I mean, where else are you gonna play Dante? Where else are you gonna play Virtual Fighter? Come, you know what I mean? And all yeah. of a sudden the third parties are all you know what? Fuck it, and they just win a 360. And uh, this is actually one of the my, one of my bigger upsets, kind of, but not really because the 360 was in my price range at the time. It uh, eventually so did catch up, though. It I, took a I, while. This is what led me to buy a 360 because I wasn't impressed by the 360 when it launched. Like it didn't mm-hmm. have enough. T- like it felt too Western. But when I re- when this was announced, I was good to go. So. Uh, Virtual Fighter Five was actually was actually one of the reasons why I originally picked up a PS3. I was kind of peeved when the Xbox 360 got a better version. And Sorry, you paid six hundred dollars, didn't you? No, I actually got the. I, I was actually a frugal Jewish person. I got the five hundred dollar version. <laughs> you <laughs> shouldn't didn't have, have Wi-Fi. Yeah, that was a terrible part of that. Yeah, I had to. Eventually, I just had to buy the uh, old six hundred dollar model for three hundred. Can you, can you believe that? That Sony couldn't afford fucking Wi-Fi for $500 of gas? <laughs> well, to be fair, the Xbox, Microsoft was selling was selling their Wi-Fi adapter for $100. Uh-huh. Rip off I got mine for $50. But, and, I heard, um, and I heard it doesn't work that well. It, oh, it, really? it, it was a gorgeous I'm, game. I'm thinking about buying one so I could... Uh, like connect the Xbox in the living room for I mean my mine, brother still plays. Mine works great. I just don't play uh, the Xbox, Xbox 360. Is. Sorry, gone. The Xbox 360 Wi-Fi used to be really shitty, but they released a, a new model a few years ago that's a lot better. So oh okay then go ahead. Just don't buy what? buy a, buy a black or buy buy a black one, not a white one. The white ones were, were terrible. Okay. Mine was mine was really spotty. It sounds a little racist, but I'll keep that in mind. Well, let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's clean things up. Let's talk about white ones. Yeah, let's talk about a uh, clean clean sport. Uh, Virtua Tennis Three that was on all platforms. Uh, Sumo developed that. What did you guys think about that game? I didn't play this one, so you guys had to skip. Uh, didn't didn't play it either. I like virtual tennis. I just skipped this one because I'm a huge virtual tennis fan, but I also skipped this one, though I did rent it and it felt. I want to. I want nice to put. Uh, nice to put it on the list when nobody's played it. I actually. I actually want to. I want to. I want to add something to this. I'm pretty sure that the the Sumo only did the Xbox 360 version, and the PS3 version was by AM3. I, I, yes, I, I that was controversial. Only did the uh, Virtual Fighter 2009. I thought that's what they, the one that they did. You mean tennis? Virtual Tennis 2009. Yeah, Virtual yeah, Tennis. They yeah. did 2009. This one was developed by AM3, and oh, uh, right. and it was ported to 360 by Sumo by Digital, Sumo. who added online mm-hmm. mode to the 360, but the PS2 version didn't get online mode. Uh, Okay, and then what I was thinking too was with uh, 2009, which isn't on this list, was that when that's when Sumo took Virtua Tennis 3 and they updated the game and made it their own, even though it was the uh, framework was all Virtua Tennis 3. Yeah. So I, I I just added it here because I thought it was one of those games where it wasn't it wasn't great, it wasn't horrible, it was just one of those mid range games that uh, I, I felt that when it came out at the time it didn't have the same excitement as Virtua Tennis 2, and I, I think Virtua Tennis 4 recaptured most of that, but uh, 
Yeah, Virtua Tennis 3 is definitely a game to skip because uh, Virtua Tennis 4 is far better. Uh, George is correct. Sumo Digital made the Xbox 360, PSPC, and PSP versions. Oh, yeah, okay. and the PS3 version was AM3. I think that was like, I remember, uh, it was like a, I used to visit a message form, and I remember the PS3 fanboys that were making a big rough about it, that AM3 <laughs> was doing the PS3 port because they're superior developers or whatever, because they're Japanese. <laughs> And uh, in the sure. end, they didn't, we, they didn't even get online, so whatever. Sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, you should have let Sumo handle the job. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. How about, uh, how about Crush? Did you guys play that on yes. the PSP? Uh, eventually, yeah. This, this is around the time I actually started writing at Sega Nerd, so I didn't do a review for it, but I I think Chris gave me the copy. This is before I jo- joined Sega Nerds, but like, I read it. <laughs> and... Uh, mm-hmm. Chris had a contest for the the to give away a copy, uh-huh. and it was like for their podcast. I would listen to their podcast, and it was like try to uh, what was the question? It was like oh you come up with a unique idea for a for a a puzzle game and you get a free copy. <laughs> uh, it was at the time when Sega Nerds was first starting up, so nobody commented besides me, and I got the free copy. Nice. <laughs> and so that's how I play that game. And I remember I was pretty upset about it because uh, Sega didn't really announce the game at all. Like, yeah. the day it came out, they updated their Sega.com site with a picture that it was out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the that's, fuck is this? Uh, yeah, it's funny. They never hyped it the first time, and they haven't hyped it much the second time. And it's funny. Now they're selling it at GameStop. They, they, and you know why they changed the art style the second time? It was to make it more marketable. And yet they don't market it. Yeah, it's, it wasn't even marketable look. Like, alright, whatever. But uh, so, it was a good game. It was yeah. really underrated. I would say it's. I wouldn't say it's spectacular. I don't think it was going to be like a triple A title, but it's a. It's a solid great. It's like a solid eight. A great game. Yeah, I mean, and that's what, I, uh, and I that's had difficulties of... getting into it myself, but I could tell it was a really fun game. Yeah, Just, I enjoyed uh, the early I, I on, but. I just never had the patience to sit down and play it for a long span of time. I enjoyed it early on, but the further you get in the game, the further they kept adding more and more rules, and you never oh. have just a chance to use the uh, game the way it, you know, just mm-hmm. with the rules they had. It kept constantly adding new, new stuff to it, like it was a constant tutorial. That that game is yeah. a pretty good example of a a game that if it was a PSN slash Xbox Live Arcade game, would have oh, probably absolutely. won awards and probably made more money. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I do and recommend. They dropped the uh, ball with the 3DS release. And they didn't. They didn't yeah, at, to the downloads. At twenty dollars, I still recommend it on the 3DS. Yeah, that's an awesome I would problem. recommend getting the 3DS version, especially if you want to see more Crush games. I mean, while the art style is god awful, it's uh-huh. it's basically an all new Crush title, and they they've added things like hints and stuff so that you don't really get so you, so that you don't get stuck if you ever. Well, if you ever get stuck, you can just buy a hint. Right. But um, yeah, it was a good title. I think it, it was the the platform. I think anything you release, this was a mostly Western game. I don't even think it came out of Japan. So no. if you're not marketing the game in Japan for the PSP, then you're pretty much just looking at a failure. Like, yeah. I mean, most people that wanted this game probably pirated it. And the other people that were Sega fans probably got it for free off a Sega Nerds contest. So, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) 
But uh, so that, I mean, but 2007, in looking back at least at those three games, it shows that they did have a a step up in quality. I mean, the games, none of them were like triple A titles or 10 out of 10s, but they're, you know, I definitely take 2007 to 2005 and 2006 behind. Yeah. This, this really was when Sega began to find their footing again. And this is when I started getting into the games too, because, and we'll get to 2008, but uh, that's when I actually bought uh, my 360 was in 2008. And I started to actually get into the, the Sega titles again and started reading blogs like Sega Nerds and uh, other ones. They saw. So they do. But uh, getting into 2008, uh, let's briefly touch on Sonic Unleashed because there's a lot of Sonic talk in, uh, in the next few years as well. But um, I think we should add one title to the 2008 because oh, I remember okay. this but title vividly. Which, which Sonic one is that? Chronicles. Because I have a good story that on that first? one. Huh? Okay, go ahead. Um, Talk about Sonic Chronicles. The, uh, the last bad Sonic game. <laughs> well, th- I oh, mean, semi bad. There's a few. There's well. a few good. I mean, the game brought good moments for me because not because the game was good, but we Sega nerds actually got their website, the website name on the credits, which which is kind of funny because I remember Chris like a few like a few years ago was like, did we really get her name on the credits? And I'm like, dude, I don't even think I beat the game, so. I didn't really like it. I didn't even beat the game, so I had to look it up like online if we got her name in the credits. A few like years after the the contest, they Sega did a contest. If you named a planet or you named uh-huh. a race, you would uh, get into this. Your, I mean, the website would get into the the credits. That's and, funny. And it was between I think us, Sonic Rex, Sonic Stadium. Uh-huh. And a few other ones, and we won. We got the most votes, so that was pretty right. good time. It was uh, Zoa, right? From yeah, Panzer we did Dragoon Zoa. Saga. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, we did a Panzer Dragoon uh, kick uh, throwback. That's very cool. So I think a lot of the Sonic websites probably got a little bit gifted on us because we were not no, a Sonic we were, website. We were happy. Yeah, it, I, I I was happy about it. I, I know a lot of Sonic fans didn't understand the, I mean, you know the. The throwback, but uh, I thought it was pre- I liked it, and we were pretty happy at, for, as a website that time. And yeah, that's the only good thing I could t- say about that game. So <laughs> nice. I was pretty excited because Bioware was playing it, but then when I actually played the game at Sega, it just felt weird. Like yeah. they gave us a preview, and it was just weird. It wasn't a bad game, I don't think. I think they had I, some. Good I think it's not what we too. expected. I think everybody expected yeah. more of a. Mario RPG type where they made it fun dialogue. It just felt like bad dialogue. More of a traditional RPG that they weren't expecting. Yeah, I think the dialogue was okay in parts. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst written Sonic game no, I played. No, 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 not the worst, but it wasn't doing itself any any wonder. It is the reason Ken Pender's trying to sue Sega and the EA though, because it, it's kind of, oh, it's kind, right. of obvious, kind of obvious that there's some stuff that they took from his Knuckle series in there, like a lost oh, city of geez. echidnas and a and a uh, Julie Sue type character in Shade and what have you. Well, and thank but, God Sonic Unleashed didn't have any of that shit going on. That's one thing I liked about it. On the uh, did did uh, did any of you on Sonic Unleashed did any of you uh, play the game on release? I oh, yeah. did it. So, I had to review that game. So what'd you think? I'm very excited about that. Game. I gave it. We actually everybody at Sega Nerds. We all did one copy. I got the shittiest fucking copy. I got the. 
I got the PS2 version. I had a review. I played that, <laughs> and it was like just the Wii version, I guess. Port. Um. <clears throat> um. The game. I gave it a low score, and people got really mad, mostly because they said I wasn't playing the the HD. But I got kind of mixed up though when I was like, that was one of my first like big games I reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um. So I got kind of mixed up on a few little things, like m- one of my first reviews. Uh, I got mixed up when I was playing the HD game at the same time. I kind of put some of the stuff from the HD in there, which I have. But Chris was supposed to be editing, so there you go. He, I mean, um, it was. I gave it a low score, and then uh, I think Graham gave the the HD version a low score too. I yeah. had to agree with him. I thought it was kind of. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't great. Like, I don't know. I think little stuff like it chopping up kind of frustrated me and it felt like it was just trying to be too fast yeah i mean a lot has been said about the game so we can't really say anything that hasn't been said but i mean i like the daytime stages i hated the metal collecting i thought it was a step up from a huge step up from the last games and uh music was good i i think the the best things i took away from it were the uh Day stages and the art style, which has since been the uh, go-to art style for the series. Yeah, the humans kind of look pix like a Pixar movie, though. Yeah, I, I like the way the humans look. They didn't look um, like cre- creepy, uh, like zombies in Sonic Adventure Two. That's one of my favorite people. <laughs> really, <laughs> best disagree with the when, uh, I, I actually love the game. When uh, the game came out, I actually took. All of my bad Sonic games, uh, Sonic 06, Shadow the Hedgehog, Sonic Riders, uh-huh. it was a bad game, Sonic fans get used to it, and I <laughs> took them all to, to a GameStop, and I traded them in, I put them towards <laughs> uh, Sonic Unleashed, I was like, I'm absolving myself of all my past Sonic sins, I'm getting <laughs> this really awesome looking game. The problem and with the game was home. that, sorry, go on. I brought it home, I stuck it into my Xbox 360, and oh my god, I, I had never felt so, it was, I had never felt so happy playing a Sonic game in, in, in so long. I bla- it, was, it was so fun just blasting through, through, through a pot of it was like, I, I could actually go up against the side, and not, against the side of the uh, level, and not get caught on the environment. Yeah. It was so fast and beautiful, it was like, it, it, it reminded me of Afterburner Climax, and, uh, uh, Outrun 2. It was kind of like a blue sky arcade kind of game. Yeah. It, it was. Just, I really loved it. And uh, admittedly, yes, the were, the Werehog stages weren't very good. I don't, wouldn't and say they were uh, bad, you know, but I played not worse. very good. I played worse. I've played worse too. Oh yeah, I've played worse too. But um, it just. I think, it, frankly, treasure hunting and doing mechs and stuff like in Sonic Adventure 2. I think we're doing Werehog is better. My biggest problem with yeah, Werehog, Werehog was was the best alternate play style. In, in a yeah, game. my problem with Werehog Disagree. is that they're too long. They're way too long. Oh god, they and were, they took the they timer away half, from you. If they were half the the length that they were, I'd actually uh, really defend them and enjoy them. But they're just yeah. way too long. They get and they're boring. But yeah, as far as the daytime stages, I absolutely loved them. And oh god, a lot of yeah. people laugh at me and uh, NeoGaf, but I, I I compared them like to to Super Mario Galaxy as far as quality goes. Mar- Super <laughs> Mario, oh, okay, Super Mario Galaxy, okay. I thought you said New Super Mario I Brothers. I mean, I'm and I'm just talking about the uh, daytime levels. 
Yeah, I, I'm just saying in quality, not that the you know. No, no, no. They're I, I, than Super Mario Galaxy. I know where you're coming from, but Super the, Mario Galaxy is a better game. But I think in terms of quality, it's it's up there. The problem with yeah. that game is what this is the problem with Sonic Team is that the marketing team comes into play when they when they're developing a game and like they have to market it somehow, so they have to add something to. It can't just be a Sonic game. So yeah, they, they had the wear their lesson until 2010. What happened? They didn't learn their lesson until 2010. Yeah, too soon. The problem with yeah. Warhog is that it, it, it's like 70% of the game. The, the the stages are boring. The freaking it's uninspiring. The the combat sucks. You want they want to yeah. talk about crappy combat knuckles that game that that right there. It just felt like yeah, you were just, you were just I, spamming I the button have... over and over again until things died. And it was, like, so boring. I didn't want to I'd play say, that. Yeah, I'd say, like, playing through it the first time, it's a 6 out of 10 game, thanks to the Werehog. But then once you replay it, and you... Like, I, I forgot the Werehogs in the game, because every time I boot it up, I play day stages and the downloadable content. And if, then yeah. it, it If the game was a Sonic, yeah. I, it probably would have been better. They added a couple more levels and stuff. See, I, that's what they okay. learned with Generations. Even though Generations is a much, much shorter game than uh, Unleashed... Just the, having modern Sonic and you know classic, just having pure Sonic gameplay was the yeah. best choice. Even if, no matter how much shorter it made it, you know. And I don't care. I don't think Sonic games should ever be long because then they're bloated. They're over bloated, and they have stupid shit to stretch them out. If some like I got excited when I was hearing Generations was a short game. People were like, "Oh, I finished it in five hours." I'm like, "Good." I don't want to be spending 20 <laughs> hours on a Sonic game because then it's not a Sonic game. I've never Five played. Five hours is actually pretty long for a Sonic game, and that yeah. game actually they they handled Sonic Generation correctly. They yeah. they added stuff that was kind of stupid, but yeah. it's cool for fans. Like they could go back and play it. That's what I like. I mean, Sorry, yeah, I'm you can't talk about Unleashed without talking about Generations, even though we're jumping ahead a few years. Or you know, well, yeah, but, at uh, least it, it made some of the trademarks that still stuck around, especially mainly the modern stages. It felt like it felt like okay. This is what I, I would consider unleashed. Unleashed seems like it's like a little bright star that mm-hmm. like you know they're coming back, but they're not all the way there yet. They're mm-hmm. just, they're, they still have some of the staff that are saying stupid shit like, oh, we should we should make the warehouse super slow. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then like, <laughs> they start firing those people after unleashed. It's like fifty um, percent great. <laughs> yeah, it's like this make the would it be cool? If we make half the game shitty for no reason, and then they're like, yeah, so we're let's. Awesome. So what would you say, like each of you? What what's one big positive from Unleashed? The the modern stages the, and the music's great too. The the new engine was pretty sweet. I mean, I think yeah, it was yeah. the fact that this is like we're watching Sonic step out of shit, like basically, and finally, you know what I mean? Like yeah, know what they're doing with a 3D Sonic game. So that was yeah. pretty cool. But then the Werehog it had to be added on to ruin it and whimper. Okay. How about you, Knuckles? It was uh, very, very fast. <laughs> it was. Like the fast, I, like I thought people liked the platform. Gotta go fast. Games. So I don't know. I mean, I didn't think the Sega Genesis games were that fast. I think the whole um, Sonic has to be super, super fast is a marketing term. And I, and I think it got added on to the newer games. Yeah. And I think it kind of kills the platforming the game had. and the, You know what I mean? Why people liked it. I don't know. That's my Platforming? What's that? <laughs> they didn't have any platforming in that game. Which one? Yeah, the 2D section. Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Unleashed didn't have any. Yeah, I guess said that. Didn't have any platforming. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, I like I like those that aspect of Sonic games. Oh yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. That's what I didn't didn't like about Unleashed. It had a little bit, but not as much as yeah, Generation yeah, Game Color. I don't think cool. it had no like when you're jumping off the disc on uh, one of those levels, I forgot what it's called. The one of those like black people levels. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what the levels were called. I know. So Empire City. <laughs> yeah. The black people level. <laughs> yeah, the one with the black people in it. Um, Maybe Africa. Oh wait. Missouri. You mean you mean you mean uh, Missouri? Uh, Africa. And this this is an aside, but considering that uh, there is no America or Africa in the Sonic world. Would would then an African American be a Missourian Empire Cityan or a Missourian uh, uh, Gun Federation? What would well, it be? Well, keep in mind, uh, the Sonic World probably never had Jim Crow and slavery, so they probably just call them black people. You think? Yeah. <laughs> this is something I'm going to bring up at the Sonic Stadium, and I'll probably get banned for. So. <laughs> we'll get we'll banned see. from Sonic Stadium. One other thing I'd like to say is I actually enjoyed the Hub Worlds quite a bit, I even though a lot of people didn't care for them. Sonic kind of walked weird, though. Have you noticed it, that? Because it really it gave the it gave the Sonic you know universe a really nice big world. Uh huh. But. My only complaint is there was no like anthropomorphs. It'd be more like Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, where they have human, yeah. have half wish... humans, half talking animals, and make a lot of sense. You know, what I, I really liked. Uh, I really liked the uh, Spagonia. That was a really great hub. Nice yeah. music and atmosphere. It felt kind of like a Pixar world. That's what I was saying. It's Pixar looking. What's weird, George? What was weird? No, I was weird that like I've just noticed that like when I play that game, like you know when you walk at Sonic. It just yeah. looks weird. It looks like he's not even connected to the floor. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like Sonic Team could never get a walking stance for Sonic Down. They're like, how do we do this? We know how to do them running, but not not walking. You could tell in that title they don't understand the concept of walking. But well, it looks about, weird. Uh, Sonic walks. Well, we'll come back to Sonic in uh, in a few years, but um, <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles, that's something George wants to talk about, because that's uh, why he bought a PlayStation 3, right? Yes, I bought a PS3. I remember I had to do the review for Sega Nerds, and I bought the PS3, because I really, really wanted to do it. So Chris is like, all right, buy your PS3, and uh, you'll do it. So I got my PS3 around the same time that the game came out, and I remember I got that, and I got Little Big Planet as my first. I mean, I pre-ordered Little Big Planet. Um, man, I was I was pretty impressed. I've seen the game before. I they, it was at one of the previews for Sega, and they were talking about it and stuff. They they really really hyped the game. Like I thought it was gonna have a huge marketing budget. Sadly, it didn't. But they were talking about it like it was like one of the best games they've ever created. Uh-huh. They were they they just like I saw a lot of titles that day and like this is like one of the titles they kind of made it seem like it was I mean they cared about I mean like you could tell when this game's not going to be that great when they show it to yeah. you like a lot of the people were just talking about the you know how gorgeous the game looks and then the game looks great it's no powerhouse graphically but I like the art style I think this is oh, all about the art style and it has I a great it. throwback to uh, uh, Skies of Arcadia. Uh, the gameplay was fun. Uh, the graphics was great. The music was was good. The characters were fun. They were kind of, kind of like anime-ish, like you know, stereotypical anime-ish character, anime characters. But I like anime when I was younger, so this it's always something I like. So I liked everything they had. I mean, it was very Japanese game. It was a very uh-huh. Japanese game, and something that I think this generation needs more of. So. Valkyrie Chronicles is probably going to be le- in 10, 10 to fifteen years. A lot of people are going to be talking about how legendary that game was and how you know what I mean. Okay. We need to have it yeah. back. 
Definitely. We really need a, a a new game on a console. It's very yeah. I'm okay. I I don't know what they were thinking. The PSP they pretty much wanted to kill any hopes of that game getting popular in the West. Well, yeah. no, I think the PSP version was just uh, the only way it was going to get a sequel because it was. It, it's cheaper oh. to make a PSP game. The PSP has a had a larger market. But then and they already have an engine on the PS3. On PSP by then. But they already have an engine made for the PS3. I thought it was kind of a waste. Yeah, but I do agree. In 2008, I mean, it was still kind of a bumpy road to be a PS3 fan. Like you didn't know what was going on. There's been so many titles that that you know went to 360. Like it's very rare to have exclusives, but even then, so. Uh, Val- Valkyria yeah. Chronicles to me was um, really the, the 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 first game Sega had made eons that felt like it could have been on the Dreamcast. You know, it felt like a Dreamcast. Game that had that mm-hmm. had that unique arc style, had had that unique gameplay, had that great storyline, had that had that whole Sega feel to it. You know, it was just it, yeah. Even it, though um, the war it really was a gorgeous game too. Yeah, but that pencil kind of canvas arc style. It's it's a real shame it didn't do better than it did. Yeah, I'll admit I bought it when it was when they had that big GameStop sale, and I think it was forty or twenty dollars at the time, and. I jumped in kind of blind to it. I didn't know a whole lot about that game at the time, but man, I was surprised at how good it was. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so, Barry, when are you going to buy a PS3 so you can play this beauty? Oh, hey, hey, it's Emmett from our forums. How you doing? Uh, no, he's always telling. Oh, he's always asking me. He's always asking me why I never bought a PS3. It's because they're too fucking expensive right now, and I also don't want. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a price drop, but I I I see you buying one maybe this winter when it's like a price. It'll up in a few it'll years. happen. It's one of those things where it's like if I have that money, it's gonna go towards something else besides video games. And if it did go towards video games, I really want to get a new portable because I haven't had a portable since uh, Game Boy Advance. So I get a Vita. Wow. And we're gonna play. Huh. We're gonna play a game together, and we're gonna be meet me, Barry and George. I might get a Vita. Yeah. All right. So that'd be cool. I don't have anything to say about Chronicles, unfortunately, but uh, I I wouldn't mind getting a Vita eventually. So. Wow. I I really hope they eventually uh, put out Valkyria Chronicles three. I wasn't a big fan of two. Mainly because it was just doing these anime high school tropes that I didn't really care for at all. It was kind of yeah, uh, kind of weird. The, the gameplay school. was still great, but I didn't like any of the characters, or I loved the characters in the first one. Okay, I can I can see where you're coming from. I thought it was a cool break, but it wasn't as good as one. Yeah, I played the uh, demo I, uh... of the Japanese uh, Valkyrie Chronicles three, and that looks just met crazy. It's back to you know the civilians trying to fight. To keep their mm-hmm. homeland stuff, so it looks a lot better to me. I uh, I actually I've actually bought Valkyria Chronicles two twice, <laughs> um, one one for my PSP, and then again mm-hmm. on the Vita, and I've oh. yet to actually play it. Oh, well, that's pretty good. You're the you're the, you're the best Sega fan, the one that doesn't I'm play the games. I'm a horrible person. I also <laughs> Wait, you played the, you bought the game twice and have never played it once. <laughs> I I don't know really what that's what happened. That's got to be a new record because I haven't bought I haven't bought Valkyria Chronicles. I haven't beaten Valkyria Chronicles yet. I I kind of um I, I the game was getting really hard. And I just kind of ran out of time for it when I was into it, and so I I don't want to play two until I finish one. But I wanted to buy two before I couldn't find it new in stores anymore because I wanted to support the release. Uh-huh. And then I got a Vita, and I thought, oh, God, I really want to play this on digitally, right? So I got it again, and 
I just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> but that's how much I love you, Sega. I'd love you more if you brought over three. <laughs> You'd buy it three times. Um, yeah, they'll play. They'll buy it three times and then not play yeah, it. I'll buy Valkyria Chronicles three three times. I promise. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sega oh, Superstars Tennis. Yeah, let's wrap up 2008 with uh, Sega Superstars Tennis. I put this on there mainly because it kind of uh, it kicked off the uh, Superstars series, at least on all platforms. I know the iToy had one. I'm pretty sure um, this, this is. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Never mind, I'll bring it up on the Talking Creative Assembly because we're going to need something. Okay. Well, I mean, my, my take on the game, I uh, I was really excited to get it uh, just because it was the first real like uh, multi-franchise, uh, uh, multi-developer um, Sega games since uh, really... Well, I mean, aside from the i Mega Megamix? Yeah, since Fighters to Megamix, and even though it wasn't a fighting game, it was just really awesome to see uh, like things like Golden Axe mixing around with Sonic and Outrun and Afterburner. Alex, no, Alex Kidd wasn't the there. The, well, the first yeah, Sega, he was on there. The first, yeah, yeah. yeah, the first Sega Superstars game was actually a PS2 game, which is like a crappy webcam game. Yeah, I bought that eventually. Okay. It's not that, but the thing is that the characters don't intermingle in that game. You play mini games, but they're all stuck in their yeah. respective franchise. Although but I Sega Super, I wish kind of wish Sega would just do a mini game, like every mini game is set in one of the worlds, I guess, and you kind of get to play like that game with other people. I don't know. Well, they could totally do that for Connect and uh, Move. I think yeah. that would be awesome. But, but uh, um, Sega Superstars Tennis, solid game. It was good. I mean, it was definitely not, you know, Virtua Tennis 2 quality, but it was uh, it was like a I cartoon. Was okay. Yeah, a cartoon I it was pretty good. Look, let's be honest. The reason, the reason I was so excited to play... You got me to buy a tennis game, so that's pretty good. <laughs> the reason I was yeah. so excited to play it was because it was a pretty solid title, and it's not like we always get to have a game where it's just all Sega mashup characters, so it was pretty good. It was I was pretty, really, really excited. And I played it online for a few times. The problem was that the online community was dead right away. Yeah. But uh, that's what I hated. So I had to play some Italian guy that like really liked Mario. And so, it's one of those great Sega games that just did not uh, do well at all. I'm surprised it didn't do well. I thought it did all the right moves. It, it was advertised pretty well too. I remember. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. find it used with like a second uh, titled game for for like five bucks now. I think I think that's what led to Sega changing the name with Sonic and Sega. Yeah, yeah. Sonic, 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 Sonic fans, you'll love it. it. Has Sonic in it? It's like Mario Kart, <laughs> except with a bunch of other Sega characters that's a, in it. This, that's actually something I hated. It also a lot of people would, uh, a lot of reviewers would be like. It feels like we're playing a Sega game with a bunch of unknown characters, and it's like, <laughs> are you Asshole. fucking? I, I sometimes I feel like I wish all the reviewers were like just like get together so I could just strangle each one after another. <laughs> but yeah, no. they I get mean, overwhelm and, and and beat you up if you got them all together? Yeah, Maybe right, you, dude. If, Most if you of them can't fight, them, dude. I can't fight either. But George, choke some bitches out. George, you're gonna do it, and then it ends up they're all like in wheelchairs, and you're, you're gonna feel bad. I'm not gonna feel bad. I'm gonna. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I I added it to the list though, just because I thought it was it was a pretty big deal. I think 
you know, back in the day, the only way to get a whole bunch of Sega franchises at once was to have a Dreamcast. And so, you know, it was really it was really fun to get one game that had all of these characters from the past together. It was kind of like, even though they're spread out on all these consoles, you get one game where you get to see, like, a PlayStation 2 franchise and a, you know, franchise that you only find on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox and GameCube all coming together. So It, it kind of felt like a love letter to Sega fans. Like, oh, remember yeah. these games you guys just played, now you guys played shitty tennis games. <laughs> I mean, that I mean was- when it came down to it, it was like... I keep throwing review scores, like, but I, I'd give it a seven out of ten at gameplay. But in terms of fan service, it was definitely a ten out of ten. I yeah. think it had better, like, it had better uh, courts than All Stars Racing had. Uh, have in st- terms of so, Knuckles tracks. is all mad. Look at him. He's like, oh, it didn't have enough, uh, enough Sonic characters on it. I, I couldn't play as the bear character from. No, fucking- no, no. It's not <laughs> the lack of Sonic characters. I just felt. The game was underwhelming, and uh, it didn't really have enough uh, Sega characters from. I don't think it was underwhelming. I would say it's a good game. I don't want to say it's a triple A game, but I think you could tell that this game was not going to be made if there wasn't cuts. You could tell it was budgeted. It was a. It was a. It was Sega seeing if they could do this kind of game. Like it felt like Sumo was the one pushing the game. Yeah, that's that's for me the best thing about this game is that led for. Sega All-Stars Racing, which I love. We'll talk about later. I see it's not on the list. We'll talk about it anyway later, though. Yeah, man. In the next hour, we'll get to it. Oh, God. uh, We can move on because we're going to be here all day. Yeah, we are going to be here all day. Let's move on to 2009, the year of swearing and blood uh, with Mad World. Let's actually group these two together. Mad World and House of the Dead Overkill, both for the Wii, both fucking violent games. What do you fucking think about these fucking (laughs) fucking games, you fuckers? This is why they didn't do too good, though. I mean, they're on the Wii. That's like like when they had the Conker's Bad Fur Day on the Nintendo 64. Not the kind of crowd for Nintendo crap. I would like to say that actually House of the Dead Overkill did pretty well for being a, a rail shooter in a new age, you know? Pretty fucking yeah. well. Yeah, pretty uh, fucking House well. House of the Dead Overkill yep. was the first game I'd ever re- reviewed for Sega Bits. And that's uh. because it, it's one of my favorite games of the generation, you know? It's a got great sense of, got great sense of humor, and it's just a really, really well done light gun game, in my opinion. Really guys, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave for a little bit. I'll be back by 2010 uh, stuff. All right, man. What the fuck? Have have fun in the bathroom. Yeah, man. <laughs> someone doesn't care for the two thousand for two thousand nine. I know. This is actually the time where Sega's uh, Mike Hayes was like, "Hey guys, the Wii has hardcore gamers," and then like the sales numbers of Mad World came out, and they're like, "No, I guess not." No. <laughs> well, um, House of the Dead Overkill was I think was basically made because House of the Dead two and three Return sold well on the Wii. Yeah. And that was basically a reaction to that. And I don't, I don't really know. Do we have any kind of sales numbers on Overkill? We don't, but I remember them saying that Mad World and Overkill did make money back. So okay, so so, so that so there you go. That that yeah. Mad World, Matt, that. Matt, you could buy Overkill and you could buy Mad World right now if you really wanted to. For seven dollars, yeah. brand new on it's so cheap. I mean, these games. I go to the store and I feel bad not buying them, even though I already own them because they're so cheap. I don't even. I don't even know what the fuck to do with all these copies. I just have them stacked up. I know. Kill, I've actually bought like several times over. Like every time I have a friend or family member who's just got, who's just got a Wii, I say, "Oh hey, here's a here's a free game for you." And I just buy them overkill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, nice. The game is like seven bucks. And I bought the game for myself twice because. Uh, as you can see, this is when I kind of came into some money. 
<laughs> but uh, right. yeah. Uh, but um, I actually bought the game for myself twice because I lost my original copy and I, I didn't have it for like a year. And I really just wanted to buy, buy another game. So, yeah. But Overkill, that, that was, uh, I really loved that game. You know, Mad World, it was fun. I never actually beat Mad World, though. Did anyone here beat, beat Mad World? I've never beat it, unfortunately. Did you yeah, like I beat, it? Um, yeah, I beat Mad World. I, I liked it, it though. Yeah, I reviewed it, so I had to beat it. It was fun, but it didn't really leave leave on me the same impression that Overkill. I, I thought the best part of the game was the ending. Like it made it made Jack seem like an actual character. To like before, it just made me feel like I'm just killing a bunch of things because well, fuck it, that's why. <laughs> so when you get to the end, it's like they, they give him a little more character, and it, it was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, I, it wasn't anything amazing. You're right, though. I mean, I would personally you suggest uh, everyone who's listening to this go out yeah. and buy these games. New if you can for I'm your. Pretty sure Overkill. I know you don't, you're not playing anything else right now. You've beaten Rhythm Heaven and Dino Blade's not out yet. So go on, buy some good games that I know you haven't bought yet. <laughs> but but go on. Seven, you can't beat it for seven dollars, and if you have Prime, you get it in two days of your house. Come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so I definitely say 2009 was the year of Wii, and even though they weren't first they weren't internally developed they were still awesome games and i, I really don't yeah, that's it. another thing about has to that, that overkill all all you people who say that the western developers suck at making sega games overkill proves you not correct i'm sorry it proves you not correct i like that you don't want to say they, they proved him wrong while we were just me and Barry <laughs> I, I, in the I'm background trying to be just nice i don't want i know that they're going to tear me apart in comments or on twitter one of the two, they're going to tear me apart like all those stupid Tails fans. You know what I can say? You know what I can say? I can say fuck them. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I like a lot of I people. Know. Who I know. I just I say if we're talking about a game with, with so much uh, F-bombs, we can say fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, motherfucking fucker hell. I mean, that, there I'm we sorry. go. Just the whole grindhouse atmosphere of Overkill. I just loved that. Yeah, and um, the storyline just got so effing crazy. Was, Both that and Mad World had some pretty ingenious. Uh, House of the Overkill had that whole uh, old film vibe, and Mad World was all in black yeah, and that white. Was, that so. was nice. Was, this is there's actually a pretty important part in Sega. Like this is when one of their like bigger producers came up. Like I forgot his name, but he's pretty young actually, and he he was yeah. producer on Mad World. I think he was producer on Binary Domain. He was on Vanquish. So mm -hmm. this is like the new style Sega, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. This is like the start, Mad World yeah. and Overkill. 2009, I think, is when Sega really got back on its feet. Late yeah. 2008. 2009, 2010. This is when Sega got got really good. Yeah, Again. and and, and um, also they came to rely on a lot of really great uh, external yeah. developers who then became either first party or pretty much first party. Which brings us to actually, and I, we may not have played this game, but uh, Empire Total War came out on I'm PC. I'm back. Of course, Jason's back at the. Until 2009, you're early. About. Which one now? Wait, wait, go on. Empire. I was. I was saying Empire Total War for uh, PC was the Creative Assembly game I threw on here, even though I know they made Viking as yeah. well. But you um, don't fucking but, like that game. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. No, I love that game, but I just I wanted to at least put one Creative Assembly game on here, and uh, even if we haven't played Total War, if we wanted to say a few things about Creative Assembly. 
Okay, um, a Creative Assembly is a pretty underrated developer, I think, in terms of Sega fan feedback. A lot of people don't uh, like them because they don't make Sega, I guess, arcade games. Blue Skies, man. Blue Skies, and they have pretty, <laughs> they have pretty nice Blue Skies and Empire, though. Um, yeah. They, they, they make really, really, really good PC games, but uh, technically, I don't think I would be able to get into them too well because. Yeah. I'm not. I'm in a point in my life where I just want to play Sega light games. Like, yeah. I want to go in. I want to shoot people in the face, and I want to look hella cool doing it. Or I want to That's... drift. Really cool. I mean, I don't want to like sit there and go. All right, guys, let's plan out my next move. I think it's great. Though, economy. I think it's great that they're there for people who love the franchise, the series, yeah. the type of uh, games, though. And also, it's it's cool to see Sega again getting that kind of. Back in the Genesis days, they had internal developers making every single type of game, and there may may have been Sega games you never played because you didn't like the uh, type of gameplay, but it was still a Sega game. So, people saying that it's not Blue Skies and all that nonsense. I mean, were there game? There were tons of games back in the Genesis era that weren't Blue Skies. Like, yeah, uh, let's let's let, let's not forget about the Sega Technical Institute with uh, exactly. Comics World, um, the Ooze. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I, it's there for people who like real-time strategy. It's not my thing, but I'm really happy that Sega picked them up and that they're doing what they're, what they're doing, you know. Or who say or, of real-time strategy, there's also Game Ground. Mm-hmm. That's not real, though. I mean, that's more – that's different, I mean, compared to this kind of strategy. This is deep strategy. Oh, and yeah, like, but that it was a Genesis title. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, um, so, okay, before this – Sega sold a team before this. To, they kind of bought the, this team with the same amount of money. Obviously, uh-huh. they just didn't trade them in. But was, um, uh, Sega Racing, right? No, Visual Concepts. It was before that. It was a few years before that, I think. But oh, I mean, like that's what I kind of I consider the trade that like Visual Concepts left Sega and um, uh, they got uh, Creative Assembly and uh, Sports Interactive, which I think is a lot better idea. I mean, better trade because. Visual Concepts is basically dead, isn't it? The company? Well, yeah, no, I think but... so. They're 2K, right? Yeah, they're 2K now. Like yeah. They only do basketball games. Because yeah. the football franchise got taken away. I think Sega selling them was a good idea. And I remember at the time a lot of people were angry because a lot yeah. of people liked that, those 2K5. Well, I mean, 2K5. Sega didn't need them in, anymore because when they had them, it was the Dreamcast that really needed uh, sports games. And once the Dreamcast was done, it's like, why does Sega need to... Uh, develop like nfl 2k whatever yeah when, yeah oh, yeah to compete with ea and the, the the last year that they did an nfl game they did this really neat move where they sold it for 20 bucks and it did really well yeah uh, then ea just bought the nfl franchise and that's the end of that <laughs> yeah but okay this is the problem though we were seeing here i don't understand like okay it's okay for sega to have visual concepts aka an ex ea company yeah. Make sports games for them, which obviously most Sega fans did not care about before. Yeah. But when they buy Creative Assembly and they're still doing their own like their own kind of games like Empire and Total War. I mean, you know, Empire Total War. Yeah. They get pissed and they're like, "That's not Sega, man." And I'm like, "Neither was Visual. I mean, Visual Concepts. I mean, they well, their own stuff and they bring that to Sega to so they could, you know, fucking make be fair. Go nice and fat." You know what I mean? With I mean, you know, expanding to new audience. Uh, to be fair, back in, back in the days of visual concepts, um, 
Sega Sega was known for 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 the for sports games for sports games yeah. on their consoles. I mean, Madden NFL basically started out big on the Genesis. That's, that's it was actually, that's where, I think the first one was exclusive to Genesis. Uh-huh. Uh, I, th- I think there was like some PC game, but as far as console games go, yeah, it was. It basically started on the Genesis. The sports games were initially really big on the Genesis, and um, so Sega had this whole Sega Sports thing that kept going through the Saturn and into the Dreamcast. Yeah. But then, of course, they sold visual concepts, and so we have these years where Sega wasn't really making any sports games, and. Um, they still make sports games. I mean, virtual tennis. And well, stuff. there were, there was a couple years. The Olympics. Of visual <laughs> concepts where they really only had basically virtual tennis, and that was it. But that was but virtual tennis. Even that was kind of more of a blue sky game than. A, okay. Yeah. Can we talk about Creative Assembly? Like, I think it's funny, but they're outside of Total War, they haven't really gotten something that hits. Like, they're, they, I've noticed that Sega's been trying to get them into the console market. Yeah, because obviously that's where the money's at. But it seems yeah. like every time they go in, something has to happen. Like, uh, what was that game they were making? Um, shit, I forgot the name. Like, it didn't. It sold like one copy. Spartan? No, not Spartan. It was after that. It was. It was an, a strategy RTS game. For oh, I don't know. Shadow. Uh, man, what was the RTS game called? Nobody knows. No man, no clue. Um, oh, RTS. Put Creative Assembly PS3 and then put something, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like Google Rage. Whoever gets it first. Storm Rise. It came out right there in autocorrector. Um, Storm Rise. It was called Storm Rise. Google it. Storm Rise. Um, this is made by Creative Assembly Australia, which is now Sega. Australia because it got renamed. I saw that at uh, the store and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, it's t- it's. This is supposed to be. Uh, Sharky was kind of hyped for it. This is supposed to be Creative Assembly making RTS possible on console, and they had this thing called Whiplash. Like they trademarked it. Sega was making a big deal out of it, and it was like the way you play it, and then it doesn't even fucking work. The game's glitchy. <laughs> it wasn't even finished. There was no hype around it. It was just crap. And then they did, and then. Before that, they did Viking, which is like uh, I thought was a solid game. It just felt unfinished. It felt like they rushed it out the door. Yeah, but uh, uh, did, I think did, it did had. Didn't have another strategy game? Huh? Didn't they have another real-time strategy game uh, had aliens? Yes, that's Stormrise. No, yeah. there was another one. Oh, uh, a Universe at War for PC. Yeah, that. Made by, uh, the X that. Studios. It, there was hype surrounding that one because it was made by the X Studios. Uh, the, that made the original, I think, called Command and Conquer, or something like that. So yeah. there was a big, there was a lot of hype around that game, and it was like Sega's art, new RTS franchise, and their first game as a new developer. Yeah. And uh, it came out, and it was not hated, but it was like it was disliked because of the lack of content. Like mm-hmm. there's only two playable races, I think. I so think there were three, I thought. Three maybe yeah I think it was three but they're really really detailed like different from each other it's kind of like S- Starcraft where it's a little bit but they're really detailed and deep and uh, nobody really bought it even though Sega kind of put out a lot of ads for it on PC magazines I remember uh, Dell Dell the computer company when they bought yeah. Alienware they would like every time they showed an Alienware computer they would show a little advertisement in the monitor for it oh cool. And it was like it just didn't it didn't hit it was just a bad title too Universe at War it's such a 
cliche PC title, you know? <laughs> so it sounds fake. Yeah, it's uh, it's like uh, so that didn't hit, and that was uh, that's nothing to do with Creative Assembly though. That was a different. But, I mean, to to wrap up Creative Assembly, would you say they're they're still doing well though? I mean, they're definitely uh, not. Yeah, they're doing. Oh, don't, don't, aren't they? Great. Don't be like like aren't they like doing really well? A few nights, yeah, they're releasing a, a new a Fall of the Samurai expansion pack for their Total War 2. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty sweet, and uh, I talked to a few Sega fans that play PC games, and uh, a lot of people saying that they were, they were surprised when they bought the Samurai Total War. Like, if you like Japanese culture and Samurai culture, that yeah. you would love that game because you have to go around and look, you know what I mean? Like, it's very detailed into the culture yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that cool. one got picked up by a lot of people who don't normally pick up uh, RTSs. Yep. It was seven fifty the other day on Steam, too. I, I didn't pick it up, though, because I thought it was going to last longer, but it didn't last long, the sale. Oh. But, uh... Creative Assembly gets the thumbs up. I I would say <laughs> that, the, yeah, they're a good developer. I would say their only weakness is that he st- they can't get their console stride. But I think their yeah. day will come one day, and they'll release a really, really good game like Viking... Like, I mean, a completed version of Viking on yeah. consoles. <laughs> well, let's move into 2010. It was a, in my opinion, very good year. This is when I started oh, to God, really yeah. for Sega Bits was actually Sega around by game. this point. Yes. And we started uh, started writing about all these games. So really, there's not a, I mean, we'll talk about them, but I definitely think we wouldn't spend as much time to talk about what happened just a year ago. Yep. But uh, 2010 is uh, two years ago, bro. Two years ago, yeah. So I know uh, Jason wanted to talk about Sonic Colors, uh, and we'll also color cover Sonic 4 Episode 1 briefly as well. So I, uh, I would like to do an intro. Yeah, the, okay, site, the site launched... We didn't even talk... Okay. Yeah, the site launched on February of 2010, so yeah, a lot of this stuff is probably on the site, but yeah, you can talk about Sonic Colors. Yeah, I didn't well, talk about a few Netflix. months later, but... Was, yeah, we're going to definitely Netflix talk about... Because they came out first. They came out January of 2010. Which one? Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Oh yeah, well let's talk about Bayonetta then. Because it came out. Oh last year. yeah. This is my last. Well, the king of action games, baby. This is my Take last. Exactly. This is my last review for Sega Sega Nerds, and it was actually pretty cool because it actually this is like one of the only times that Sega gave me a game in advance, uh-huh. like super advance. I think it came like a week before the release date. I think it was a mistake they sent it to me because I didn't even ask for a review copy. But <laughs> fuck, was I happy, dude? I came nice. home and I was all excited, and then I and I look at the package and I'm like, "What is this?" Open it up, Bayonetta, bam, straight to the video game console. Um, I got the PS, the 360 version. Yeah, that's okay. th- that's the version that Sega was sending out for reviews. Um, the better version, right? Yeah, the better version. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, really liked it. Uh, man, I I did a pretty positive review, but I think I think they didn't use it because I left. Like they I know, I they know I left, and I think they just disregarded my review. But uh, I, think I, saw I it gave on a positive there. mark, so I don't know if it's still. We up. can't. We can't find it anyway. The second nerd actually fucked up. I I can use web archives to look at the website before they messed it up and turned it to crap. Uh-huh. So, uh, I'm, I'm I'm still trying to get an archive from Chris. It's it's uh, looks like it might be a little bit of work, but I might be able to do it if you, and put Bayonetta, it up. For me, Bayonetta was the last game that I actually imported. Uh, in advance, I imported the PS3 version when it first came out back in October, even though it was coming out in January, because I was just so excited to get that game. Uh-huh. I was really hyped for it. And yeah, the PS3 one, it's it's got a horrible frame rate compared to the 360 one, but 
if you look at it solo, if, if it didn't have the 360 to compare it with, it's still an awesome game. Um, I like Bayonetta. Uh, I think the, uh, that kind of that game changed the way I saw fighting games. It's kind of weird. I mean, I mean, action games. It's kind of weird because, like, at first, I really liked Ninja Gaiden 2 when it came out on Xbox. Uh-huh. The, I mean, the bloody one, not the PS3 re-release. But, um... Yeah. Something about it, like, I liked. And then I uh, played Bayonetta, and then I went back. Oh, man. It felt like Ninja Gaiden 2 was, like, like a generation behind. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt... Like, Bayonetta felt so smooth on the Xbox 360. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous yeah. game. And then, like, then I played against Sigma 2 on the PS3. I only played two levels, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to beat this game. It's too fucking... <laughs> I can't believe how fucking stupid this game is. Like, and then when I when I saw like Ninja Gaiden three get like a three out of ten from uh, IGN, yeah. and I'm like, of course it's gonna get a three out of ten. I mean, when the dude plays Bayonetta like two years ago, and then he plays fucking this game, it's like, <laughs> are you serious, man? Guys didn't learn shit from fucking Bayonetta. I mean, yeah, there's very little bad things to say about Bayonetta. Maybe people talk about the story, but I could give a shit. I really like the gameplay, I the like music, the characters, too. Like the, characters the, the Sega references were awesome. Uh, I how sexy the game was. <laughs> the game and, Hang on, and the Afterburner. Wait, no, not Afterburner. Uh, it was after, think, No, it was... Uh, at the uh, funeral of Eggman. Space 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 Sorry. Yeah, and Eggman died. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's... Um, I mean, it's the... One of the few Sega games that I'd give like an A, solid A, maybe even A plus rating too. But yeah, um, and also it brings up the argument too of is nice. it is it a Sega game because Platinum Games developed it? And anyone who argues that it isn't is just ha- hateful because I mean Sega paid for it. Sega owns the IP and Sega picked the direction. Did, Publishers yeah. do have a point. Like Sega gave them the freedom they needed to create this title. This title will never would have never come out on EA. You think EA wants a game about a girl that kicks ass and looks super sexy and doesn't really have a storyline for the first four hours of the game? No. <laughs> no. This game was never was never going to happen if it wasn't on Sega. Well, and it just was... would not have happened at Capcom because there wasn't enough Street Fighter. <laughs> yes. And they couldn't re-release it later with the added DLC. Yeah, they would have put in day one DLC on the discs, too. <laughs> the game was... The game <laughs> yeah, was Bayonetta. That that really did kind of make me re- rethink what an action game should be because it, it was really fast and had this like the whole dodge mechanic where if you hit the dodge button at the right time you, you just disappear. And you, yeah, and it also like kind of like, like circle around, and start striking the enemy. It was great. <laughs> they also added like um, like it felt great killing these things like there's something about like ninja gaiden had that feeling but it was only because they made it so gory that every yeah. time you killed people you love seeing the blood spray the blood sp- you know splatter everywhere but yeah. after they took that element out it was boring like sigma 2 like i told you it was like oh it just doesn't feel the same but when you play bayonetta it doesn't need that gimmick like if yeah. it just feels fun destroying these things and like using all their weapons and new moves and it was great. It was, it was a good game. Uh, what pissed me off was that people wouldn't even give the game a chance. They already hated it just because it was a sexy woman on the cover. Because yeah. women women being sexy, that's sexist. That's... Yes. <laughs> one thing surprised me. One thing that kind of surprises me about this game is that it didn't piss off any churches. Yeah. We didn't have um, like anyone like Rush Limbaugh or uh, 
Tad Roberts this is saying, game, this game is from Satan. You're putting it has, it has, it has a slot. It has a hole in it. Rag, with, killing uh, angels. <laughs> it is sacrilegious. That's what it <laughs> yeah, is. It is pretty sacrilegious, which is it's, it's even more surprising that it didn't get much, you know, press. And the fact that uh, I, I actually, it didn't uh, get censored in in uh, America is pretty. Uh, that's saying something about Sega. Yeah, I, I actually sent, sent Jack Thompson an email saying, "Look at how violent and horrible this game is. Why don't you talk about it?" <laughs> 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 Nothing ever happened, of course. Yeah. What I've been um. Great. All right. Um. Yeah, Bayonetta was good. Uh, the PS3 version was a big letdown. This is another thing about uh, this yeah. game got a lot of negative talk because they were saying Sega's lazy, Sega's ruining the the port. Yeah. I think in the end of the day, it was that Sega Japan did not put. I mean, I think the PS3 version was a last minute thing. I don't think, I don't think Planet Games had any ambition of doing a PS3 version. <laughs> and. Uh, like Didn't they it. leave it to a third-party developer, a, sec- a second oh, yeah. one? It, yeah, it was Sega. It. Sega, Sega people did it, I think. They said it yeah. was people from the – that did, that worked – I guess their special Europe team, the ports, I think it was. But I think they were undermanned anyway for that game. But, one um, thing that we are kind of beginning to see in this is that the PS3 and PS2 got a lot of bad ports from Sega. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, they so, did really well, but this one, they were not on their ball park on this Yeah, park. They, they weren't on the ball. So, uh, you, I, I will say my brother... Oh, I was going to say, I will say my brother only owns a PS3 and he got that game and he actually enjoys it very much. It's yeah. it's a game where if you don't have the 360 to compare to, it's still an awesome game, but in comparison, it's just terrible. Yeah. Um, when, we're, when we're talking about Sonic Colors, can we also talk a little bit about, about Chase, about... Uh, E3? Sure, that yeah, we'll get to that. All this for me. Uh, <laughs> let, let's uh, put Sonic Colors last. Let's talk about Yakuza yeah. 3 briefly. We already talked about Yakuza 1, but this is the first uh, HD game for the Yakuza franchise on the there PlayStation There was a, there 3. Was, there was a PS3. There was one before it. Oh, okay. But the, the Samurai one. Yakuza right. comes in, yeah. yeah. That doesn't count in our eyes, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm looking here from a Western perspective. but uh, Okay, sorry. Did you... Did you like it or was it a piece of shit? Oh, it was a piece of shit. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was really really good. It's the first time we saw the Yakuza universe with an actual 3D camera. Oh um, yeah, that was great. Um, the game looked at the time it still didn't look as good as other PS3 games. No, yeah. but it looked good enough for me to shut the fuck up and just play the game. Yeah, and uh, the game was over the top. It was crazy. It was Jap. It was fucking 100% Japanese, man. Uh, that's all you could say about that game. Yeah, it's it made like, me a uh, Yakuza fan finally. Yeah, nice. it took, it took the, the third the, one. But yeah, it, it fixed a lot of the issues that people like Jason had, and uh, they finally, I guess, the third one I think is what perfected, I guess, the formula, mm-hmm. or added a bunch of new stuff. It's kind of like Sonic Heroes, but done right, I guess. <laughs> um, because like all in part four, all the the new characters they feel yeah. like badasses, but it's not like when you get a new character and they're like, okay, we're gonna have to make this guy a badass. So of course we're gonna have to make the old character look like a piece of shit. <laughs> so no, these guys all these guys all looked badass and felt badass, but then when Kazuma came into town, they got their shit kicked. That was what was nice. gonna happen. But yeah. uh, so <laughs> I think Yakuza three, which is the last I guess solo Kazuma game. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that yeah, it's like the best. I think 
I like two story wise, but three was the best. I guess playing game. Yeah, that's what I hear. The less problems, but the 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 second game had the best story. Yeah. The only thing I can say bad about Yakuza 3 was the beginning of the orphanage stuff. It just went on for way too long. I couldn't care any any less about those damn orphans after a and, while. Uh, yeah, also, uh, have you played Part 4, Jason? Yes, I did play Part 4. That one I enjoyed That, that one more. also has a slow start, right? Well, no, it's uh, you got with Kazuma and uh, what's no, her no, name? No, the, the start in Part 4 is uh, Yakiyama and like the whole cutscene with him and... It like literally the first hour and a half of the game felt like I was reading the whole time. Oh, yeah, no. that's the one problem. Only, that's my main problem with the Yakuza uh, series is sto- it's way too story heavy for its own good. Actually, I can't say that about a uh, Yakuza Dead Souls because that's the story is very simple on that in comparison. So good game. Uh, oh, yes, good? it's a, it's a, if you have a PS3 when you get one, Barry. Yeah. I want you to go to the store. I want you to purchase that game. I want you to smile at the lady behind the GameStop counter. <laughs> compliment her on her looks. Tell her you're married. You can't have sex with her. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe in the future. You never know. <laughs> you want to keep your book open. And then you buy the game and you play it. All right. All right. I'll do that for you and only you. <laughs> I'm glad your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, me too. Seriously. Well, let's... let's uh, Let's shove that under the rug and uh, let's move on to Sonic Colors, as it's called in Europe, and Sonic Colors, as it's called over extra here. You. Yeah, yeah, that, that pissed me off. And that's that's actually something I got a, at WonderCon was a uh, large poster of the box art and it has the U on there. And you threw it away? No, I still have it. I, I mean, I just put it up uh, last Sunday. I think so that game. You... I, I think the the game color, the name color shouldn't color shouldn't have been used just because the, oh, the different spelling. That's it. I, I wouldn't have used it myself. But you... I think the game name is fine. I mean, I think when it first got announced, people were like, "It's a coloring book game." I thought yeah, was... I thought it was entertainment. No, it was originally marked as a children's game. Even Takashi Izuka said this. That's what he was planning on. I it was, was fucked up, but everyone loved it so much. You know, loved the concept and where it was going that. They decided, okay, no, it's we're gonna mass market it more. I guess that's what kids, I mean, grown-ups wanted. They wanted a kid Sonic game, one that was aimed at the, you know, not at you know dark storylines for teenage kids, but like. Well, yeah, and it worked a lot better in its favor. Yep, I think well, so. The dialogue, the dialogue is very corny, but it has that Saturday morning cartoon feel, which I really like. In our interview with um, Takashi Yazuka, he actually told us that. Um, the game will have lots of things for older hardcore players, which it did. And then he laughed at you. It really irritated <laughs> me so much that no one really listened to our to to all the things in our interview. Whenever he was misquoted or mistranslated, and uh-huh. people would take it out of context, I'd take the interview and say, "Here's here's what he told us," and it's like, "Ah, oh, we don't care how he told you." It's just yeah. I, I feel like that game. There was a, a certain fan base of the inside the Sonic fan base that wanted to hate it and watch it, wanted to watch it fail. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to steam down to the. I think a lot of it had to steam down to the fact that it was on Wii. It wasn't a sequel to Unleashed, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were like, yeah. if they felt it was kind of a downgrade. I disagree. Wise. I think it was getting at the time it was getting a lot more pros, positive press than Sonic Four was. A lot yep. of people were hating on Sonic Four, and they oh, saw yeah. this and. Sonic started 4, to change Sonic, your mind about it. Sonic I still 4, say Sonic 4 for being a hated game got pretty good reviews. I mean, yeah. yeah. I gave it a pretty alright review because I was talking about the I mean, 
when I played the game, I was thinking about not thinking. I mean, I wasn't thinking about the Genesis games. I try to think of it as its own game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the physics aren't as good as the first game. All right, but I wanted to move on. Were, were the physics bad? Were they unplayable? No, yeah. no, no. I and when I reviewed it, I said it was the best platformer I played on the uh, iOS platform, which at the time I thought was true because all the other ones were like really cheap touch kind of flash-based games that you could finish in maybe like 15 minutes or it was just a bunch of dumb puzzle games, you know. So, I, I mean, not to go move away from colors, but uh, Sonic 4 Episode 1, if all we're going to say about it is I thought it was uh, it was good enough. But I know people who said, well, good enough is not good enough. And I'm like, well, you know. I don't. I don't care. I don't lose sleep at night over Sonic Four. It wasn't. It could have been a lot better, in in my opinion. Should they have put the the retro physics? Yes. You're just asking to get fucking killed by fans by just. Hey guys, what do you guys think about Sonic Four with a new physics engine? (laughs) It's like, dude. What's wrong with you? Yeah, and then now it has the proper physics engine, and they're complaining about not playing as Tails in single player or the level design, which. Most of the levels they haven't even seen yet. Yeah, they've There's only shown like clips of uh, bumpers, which you asked my question last time on Sonic Talk about that, so I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. But my, I feel that opinion... Sonic Colors um, is the turnaround was the turnaround for the series completely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that, that that was that was when um, Takashi Azuka took the took the hedgehog by the quills and steered him <laughs> to a better future. Yeah, as we, much didn't, as we didn't talk about cry. Dark Knight, I mean, Black Knight, huh? Okay, I guess oh, we want to talk about what shit. What are you talking about? What is that? <laughs> no, we won't talk about that. I don't that know one. what this Black Knight is that you speak of. I will say, uh, as much as Takizuka is horrible at interviews, uh, as a uh, Sonic uh, producer, he's he's really turned the you know the franchise around. Yeah, you got to give him credit for that at least. Yeah, Definitely. that was that was really probably one of the coolest things about going to E3. Um. E3 2010 was my very first E3, of course, because it's very hard to get into that thing. And um, uh, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to see like Sonic 4 and Sonic Colors at the same time, right next to each other. And it was like, oh my God, Sonic the Hedgehog is back. And one, the one thing I did kind of learn from from my experience was that I really did not understand the uh, classic Sonic physics because I had a certain way of playing Sonic where I always huh. had my finger on the D-pad. And so I didn't notice things like, if you take your finger off the D-pad, Sonic stops moving in midair yeah. and stuff like that. You know, I, I, never, I never really thought about testing that. I just thought about testing some kind of basic momentum things. And... Uh, and and uh, for me, like it worked fine. It, it it worked fine, and and at the end of the day, it was still it was still yeah. a fun game. Yeah. It's, we it's still a up. decent fifteen dollar low budget Sonic title. It's like yeah, three dollars. It's like four bucks now on iOS and like Android. So yeah, it's pretty cheap. But you know, we have episode two coming, and I think it looks way better. And uh, I mean, despite them saying that uh, you know there will be no episode three, and and our uh, controversial podcast does talk about that, but uh, doesn't really get doesn't really give us any information on it. So well, people can calm down. There will not be 
in episode three, it's just there's no plans for it, which that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're not working on it right now. Because they're working on episode two. Well, but, it's uh, because <laughs> if, you, if you see the interview, he says right away they want to wait for feedback on episode two, meaning they're not going to start work on episode three until they know what people hated on episode two. Yeah, that, which that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying about Izuka. He's not good at interviews, and he, he kind of crisscrosses what what he says. Like he's saying that yeah, they, they finally got Sonic the way uh, people have wanted him and everything. So it's okay to do spinoffs again, and that makes people freak out. But then another interview, he says it's okay to do spinoffs again, like Sonic Colors, which <laughs> was a great game. Mm-hmm. And also so wasn't a spinoff because it was in Sonic Generations alongside all the all the mainline Sonic. I games. think and they I planned will... it for a spinoff, and then they you know people get, were so well received to it they they made it a main title. To me, Sonic Colors feels like the Sonic CD of the 3D era for a lot of reasons because it takes place on a little planet. It uh, <laughs> the game itself was released on a uh, non traditional platform, at least in the, in terms of all the other main series titles you could play on an Xbox or a PlayStation 3, and all of a sudden they had one that was thrown off onto the Wii. Uh, and then the other reason is that it had a gimmick, but it didn't over overtake the uh, Sonic gameplay. You know, it's like yeah, time the gimmick control. actually enhanced the gameplay instead of taking away from it. So, exactly. so does this mean that the Sonic CD is going to be the uh, center of a uh, future downloadable trilogy? It could <laughs> like be Sonic Adventure. <laughs> Three and four? <laughs> yeah, Sonic Colors could actually have elements. Uh, and actually, we might as well just get into Sonic Generations right now. 2011 Sonic Generations was... No, uh, no, 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 no. no. I want to say, say one more thing. I want to say one more thing. Okay. I think another part, I think some like Sega fan in me kind of either wanted to watch the, the game like run on actual Genesis hardware. Like, I don't know why... There was a cool. huge peti- petition for uh, Sonic Colors to be on uh, HD consoles. Oh, wait, that's yeah. not related. No, that's not related. Sorry. No, um, sorry. I wish it kind of was, but then when I played uh, Rayman Origins, I kind of felt that's what the game, sh- I mean, Sonic 4 should have been. It should have been an HD full release title that where they go crazy with all these like little extra things you could unlock just to make time, you know what I mean? You get more things. Yeah. And, well, to be yeah. fair... If they had done that with Sonic 4, people would have hated it, and there'd be no way to redeem it. Because um, A lot of people like making, I mean, Rayman Origins. I'm surprised a lot, well, even the I'm hardcore fans. If they did it like Rayman Origins... I'm not saying they should do it like Rayman. Like, I mean, I, I don't like think Sonic. it should be Rayman Origins with Sonic No, I, No, I don't, I, I'm not saying anything about the Rayman Origins. I'm saying that Sonic 4 Episode 1, if it was done like Rayman Origins, it no. would be basically the entire game, except, except with better graphics... But so all the same physics and gameplay design of uh, Sonic 4 Episode 1. If you, but so if there'd you, be no way for them to improve it but if you, <laughs> with Episode 2. But if you play uh, Rayman Origins, it's a it's a reboot of the whole Rayman franchise in brand new HD. Cl- I mean, you know, I mean, color and the physics kind of feel the same as the old Rayman games. And they I'm added just... four-player co-op. I just think they say it could have done that. They could have went all the way like they did. And Ubisoft even said they made money back from that game. So... I'm I just think that's what that if Sega be. did, if Sega did, the physics still would have stopped and the fans still would have. Yeah, been. but you never know. Maybe it was a bigger title and they weren't rushed out the door, and it wasn't. Could've it could have been a lot better. I mean, you never know. I mean, they probably would have listened to fan feedback a little bit better because it's <laughs> a sixty-dollar title. 
But, I mean, you never know. So, Sonic 4, Episode 1, it is what it is. Sonic yeah. Colors, uh, probably going to be known as the, the biggest turning block for uh, Sonic, especially since they got new voice actors. They... Um, well, let's uh, let's move on to Sonic Generations. Let's blast through 2011 and get this thing done. The last uh, thing I'm going to say about Sonic Colors is it's yes. yeah, currently it's my favorite of the modern Sonic games, even more than Southern really? Generation. This is going to be a long podcast. Yeah. I just noticed. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. Let's go to 2011. I was, when we started, <laughs> I was I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a short podcast. Barry's a moron. This is no special podcast. Now it's like three <laughs> hours. So let's do this. maybe we should release it in two parts. We could take next week off. We want to do the interview with uh, with Aaron. Okay, okay. Well, Sonic Generations. All I gotta say about that. Like over two or three days. Sonic Sonic Generations, good game. Uh, I think we've said so much about it in talking about past titles because uh, they either reference it in levels or they reference it in uh, uh, like Unleashed introduced what later became Sonic Generations standard modern gameplay. Great game. Uh, I. Yeah, great game. <laughs> what do you all think? Of which game? Sonic Generations. No, that game sucked. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next. Moving on. No, no uh, Sonic oh. Generations, to me, it, it was like the perfect... Like, hey, Sonic fans, thanks for buying your shitty games. Here's a gift. <laughs> kind of uh, kind of like uh, kind of game. It was like, all right, you guys didn't get on le- uh, colors, but here's something even fucking better. Yeah, it's, it's like, what the fuck? You get to play as classic Sonic and modern Sonic, and that's the whole game mostly. You don't yeah. have to touch other characters. That's crazy. And it even it, it's funny because I've noticed that every time you progress through a Sonic game, the yeah. the the game gets uh, more and more buggy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It feels like a Sonic Team starts from level one, like you you are progressing in the game, and like the later levels are kind of fucked. Because that yeah. boss in that game, that game, that boss needs a patch. That's the only, that's yeah, that's the only negative. Yeah, it has the worst yeah. end battle. The final boss was not very good. But it was also is also a shitty boss. That that boss fight was ripped right out of Sonic Adventure Two, and it sucked on Sonic Adventure Two. I don't even know why they even tried it. I, I wouldn't say it, it, it. I wouldn't say the Biolizard one sucked. I like Biolizard. No, I think it sucked. But, I don't uh, like it on the in that game either. I don't know. I just think they should have done a more platformy like. Like I was kind of hoping it was like a big mecha Eggman where you yeah. slowly have to platform through him and destroy parts of him. I think that would have been awesome. But well, yeah. one interesting thing about the ending was that the, it, it actually connected itself to Sonic Colors. Like, another reason why Sonic Colors was not a spin-off. Mm-hmm. This is actually the beat the Sonic fans have. Which is very rare in, in Sonic games. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of still kind of pissed he ditched Orobot and Cubot because I really like those characters. Well, they came, back in, uh, they came back in Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. they're alive. Um, actually, that's something we didn't talk about, but Olympic Games. That's, that's actually a pretty big moment for Sega sales-wise. That's true. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to talk about it. of... Sonic and Mario. That's a pretty big thing. George wants to go to sleep eventually. That's why I went away to microwave my dinner, but it's still in the microwave. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Shinobi 3DS. I think we've talked Ooh, a lot about Oh, this is my that. game. Yes. What I do you guys say about that? I finish that review. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, well, hold on. Shinobi... One last... Never mind. What did you say? 
I was going to say, say one, one last thing, thing about uh, Generations is that's the first Sonic game oh, I could think of. Oh, go of. on. We Pretty much every Sonic fan, every Sonic fan was uh, united for where they're normally, they're not. They're just, you know, all over the map. They either hate this right. one or they love that one. And another uh, thing about Sonic Generations, um, another example is Zuka being very bad at interviews. Uh, when he told us that the handheld version of Sonic Generations was going to uh, be all about the handheld franchise, and they weren't going to use the Game Gear version, right. the, the Game Gear games, the spin-offs. Yeah, that's like the work. first time we did an interview that actually people talked about. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then it turns out the so-called handheld history were two, were two games, <laughs> Sonic Rush and yeah. Sonic Colors. And the whole reason we brought it up is because we were asking the pe- what people were wanting to ask about uh, why there's no Wii version. Right. And they said it's because of the whole portable history. Well, nope. it's not. <laughs> really. Though I'm personally happy that wasn't really a portable history because I had no interest in revisiting the Game Boy Advance or DS games. Yeah. But, um, and I was happy that we, that we got to see a casino level and the Mushroom Hill and Emerald Coast. Though the though um, Speed Highway was a really lousy level, <laughs> I have to say that almost kind of ruined the game for me. Speed Highway. Anyway, Shinobi. Yeah. <laughs> say a little uh, bit about Shinobi, and then uh, we'll go on to the next one. What did you think about it? Well, I, uh, you know how you said Bayonetta is one of the few games you give an A to. Yeah. Once I finally finish Shinobi, I'm giving that game an A. Because it really is probably one of my favorite uh, side scrollers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's you know really fast, really hardcore, and it has this like this neat block, this neat um, parrying feature, where if if you're if you if you're quick enough with the trigger button, you can actually block all these all these attacks. And once you're able to begin nailing down the timing, it, it really mm-hmm. gives you the satisfying feeling of just reflecting and bouncing. And bouncing all these all those projectiles away from you, and, and if something you don't perfect, then um, you're kind of fucked. But uh, it's really it's one of those really hardcore games that they just don't make anymore. That's good. And I mean, people said that people said it looked a little people held Shinobi. back, but I don't care. What did you say? People said that it didn't look like the greatest 3DS game graphically, but oh, I could no, care no, less. No, the, the graphics were not very. The graphics were pretty mediocre. That's like the one. The one dark spot, but you know, yeah. graphics aren't everything, especially on a on a handheld. And um, but the gameplay was really good. Anyone who wants a hardcore game, like a really hard game with continues, if you like if you like continues and game overs, and you miss that, you can buy this game. You can get that. Mm-hmm. I knew what so I was in for when I bought it. Kind of Shinobi hard that uh, we don't really get anymore. <laughs> I knew what I was in for when I bought this, so I started on easy mode. Smart. <laughs> I, was, I was being a sissy. I don't care. I uh, I I I was a, a man, and I played most of it on normal mode. But I finally got stuck on a level where you get attacked by a giant robot shark, <laughs> and um, just kept dying. And I finally right, I, I finally just. Threw up my hands and went to beginners so I could finish it so I could start my review, which I still haven't completed. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But um, another thing I really like about Shinobi is how over the top it is. 
I really like over the top games, you know, hence my love to pass the dead overkill and bayonetta. But right. um it's 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 um it has all these crazy things like uh you you find a robot shark, you have to dodge the killer robot shark while it's in the water, while 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 it's swimming through lava. You have to um you, you jump you're jumping from car to car as a reflecting bullet and and killing things with shurikens, and you're, you're fighting jetpack ninjas on the back of the afterburner jet from uh, from uh, afterburner. I mean, it has all these like it has like these cool little Sega cameos and this, these all these Knuckles, cool things Knuckles, make a really good game. Knuckles, anyway, yeah. I love how you know the afterburner like like jet as a character, but you don't understand. You know, you're like, but what game was it from? <laughs> that was my favorite part. Um, no, dude, I agree, I agree. That game is not. There's not going to be a game like Shinobi. Sadly, I don't think so. After this one, didn't didn't Aki say it sold some like five thousand units in November? Yeah, I I just think need I think to do something to encourage people to buy it. Perhaps uh, a contest of some sort. We're we're <laughs> waiting we're waiting for a review first of all. <laughs> a contest and a. Uh, podcast that was lost because it became corrupted and then uh-huh. i guess never finished writing up the contest and so maybe we should talk about said contest at the end of this very long podcast to reward you people. still have the did sega give you free copies of the game no uh by by intend to buy free copies of the game by intend to buy copies <laughs> of the game okay <laughs> you should you buy some free copies you, you should t- you should message them and tell them you're going to do a contest tell them your idea and then tell well, them I actually you're... already did that back in November. Oh. And then I never followed through with it because I just got busy with other things. And Next really up, yeah, when you're, when you're talking to Sega, you you should just follow through with it because I don't know. I just feel bad like if I tell them something and then I don't follow through with it, they're going to be like... Yeah, I know. I feel just... bad too. It's why, it's why I... Uh... <laughs> I don't want them to be like... I don't want them in the office saying, George, the guy from Sega Bits, he's a bitch. He doesn't even follow through <laughs> with his shit. So well, Sega, not, Sega, the, the, the Sega community people probably know of my spotting record by now, but um, <laughs> yeah, maybe at the end of this we'll talk about a contest. Well, but for now uh, let's, let's move on a bit. Yeah, let's quickly let's wrap up 2011. I just wanted to touch quickly on uh, the quality digital releases that have been going on: Sonic CD, mm-hmm. Guardian Heroes, Daytona yeah. USA, and Space Channel Five Part Two. We've all talked about them a lot uh, as of recent, even in actual podcasts in this series. So. I just wanted to say that they've finally stepped up and they did a great job. So don't don't forget Renegade Ops. <laughs> yeah, Renegade Ops too. Awesome game. Yeah, I mean they really really stepped up the game. It was probably their best year for downloadable content as far as games go. I mean oh, we got yeah. the Sonic CD with a retro engine, which was just a huge labor of love to the fans. You oh know? God, yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing I would say negative about the digital releases was the Dreamcast releases. They just it didn't seem like they put enough love into those titles. Um, yeah, the first, well, they're making the it up for it this year. Yeah, they're making it up now. But which uh, actually, let's let's jump right into 2012, discussing what's to come. We have, uh, like you just mentioned, the Jet Set Radio HD release. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shenmue One and Two are rumored. Skies of Arcadia is rumored. We have uh, Platinum Games Anarchy Reigns with Bayonetta coming out, which we'll talk about next week. I'm saying, I'm saying this right now. If you have to buy a game that came out in the last three months and it has a Sega label on it, yeah. go domain. out and get Binary Domain. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Binary Domain is probably the biggest uh, 2012 game so far and for Sega. Most, at least 2012 game so far. Which one? 
Binary Domain, I think, is the most underrated 2012 game so far. I think reviewers didn't understand the game. They were just too busy calling it a, a Gears of War clone to really understand what the game means, I guess, to the Japanese industry. This basically showed that, like, Sega still has a studio in in that they own. You know, it's like a Sega studio that could do Western games better than Western developers. <laughs> so, I think yeah, that's... Bi- binary Domain... Uh... That, that 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 definitely is a, that definitely does feel like a Japan, Japanese version of a third how a Japanese third person shooter should play. Exactly. Yeah. Namco did the same thing. They tried to do their own third person shooter. Uh, it looks like they but they copied the the art style of Gears of War with uh, Japanese headed people. Like they look like Kazuma with Gears of War suits on. I think I played that one. It was pretty awful. Yeah, it's terrible yeah. shooting. Sega made Namco look like their bitch. <laughs> That's nothing new for Sega these days. In 10 years, people are going to be uh, giving it the Sega worship job, and I think you guys should, you know, anybody who's listening to this, if you, if you it's probably 40 on Amazon. Pick it up. It's worth your $40. Totally. And Very much so. We'll play Invasion Mode if you get it on the PS3 or, th- or PC. <laughs> Or 360. I have a I have a 360 version. So does Barry because you know Barry doesn't have it yet. Rocks. Barry should buy it though. I will. I'll get it I soon. I thought you had the 360 version. No, no, no. I don't. I didn't get a review copy. I'm just. I'm waiting for uh, ah. to get paid so I can buy one. One one thing I have to say about this is that about bi- binary domain is that um, they don't quite have really the same kind of meatheads that that, that Gears of War has. You know, the the, the main character. He's muscular, but he's not like ripped and and like covered in bumps and stuff. He, he he's actually kind of a bit of a smaller, more average-looking person compared to the Gears of War people. I also, I also don't get giant armor. I also they don't have that. Yeah, they do have armor on, but it's not super giant like Gears of War. That's what I'm saying. Gears of War. Yeah, but um. What I do not understand is, like, some people on the comments on our blog and stuff, they're like, I can't get into the game. Uh, Dan doesn't look like a good character. Like, he's not a good design character. And I'm like, dude, he looks like Kaz- an American Kazuma. I don't understand <laughs> what more you want. Like, the, we, you know what you're stepping into. Kazuma wasn't a great-looking character. I think the only thing that made him striking was his white suit. One, one thing I also got to say about Dan is that he's not a badass. No. <laughs> Yeah, which, which kind of surprises me because you know Gears of War, everyone's basically a walking badass except for um, Dom. He's he, he gets kind of cryy when his when his wife dies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, he, it's it's kind of interesting seeing a good take on on a third a good Japanese take on a third person shooter. Definitely. So what would you guys to to wrap up the uh, 10 years discussion uh briefly let's each say uh, what we see for the future based on what we've been all talking about and what it's been leading up to uh george what do you think i see a re-release of um i do see a re-release of shimnu sometime in the future i think sega's already doing it they're doing jet set radio i think yeah. they, under- they know what's going to sell i think skies of arcadia is going to come out soon too and i think obviously this uh obviously another sonic adventure game um yeah. After that, I see them. Um, I don't know. I think that the relationship with Platinum Games might die off, though. No. I think. I think. I think when uh, Platinum Games sees that uh, Konami money, Metal Gear money, they're not going to come back. 
Yeah, I think he's I don't right. know. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I wouldn't uh, think Platinum Games would do that. I mean, I they said they were, they say that they didn't want to work on uh, other people's franchises, and all of a sudden they're working on Metal Gear Solid. Well, Hideo Kojima probably asked really, really nicely, and you know the game wasn't doing too well; it's on the verge of being canceled. So, they, so maybe that they thought, "All right, you know, let's save this game. Let's make, let's show, let's show Konami how it's done with making this game our bitch." So Konami came and they gave him a big fat check and told him, "Come on, <laughs> let's do it." Let's rock. <laughs> and then they're like, all right. And I, I don't know. I think, I don't know. There's a lot of changes that's been happening to Platinum Games. Like, he, like the guy from Vanquish, um, the guy that did Resident Evil, he started up his own studio. And it's like, I don't think Anarchy Reigns is going to be a big hit because I don't. I just don't think Sega West is, I don't know, like promoting it well enough. Like, True, I think, I've actually kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. So I think they're going to be moving on with other publishers. I hope it could so. happen. What do you think, uh, Jason? What do you think about the future? Well, I think, you know, once the Dreamcast died, after they uh, got rid of all their uh, little Dreamcast projects they were working on before, that the creativity of Sega just kind of died for several years. But mm-hmm. since, like, I'd say 2009, 2010, that sparks really gotten back to them and I only see uh, improvements up ahead and I don't nice. want I, and Sega bit started in 2010 I, I want to say I want to say I want to blame all the success on me <laughs> oh yeah it's definitely George and Sharky yeah, especially Sharky who's not even here on the podcast <laughs> he's, uh... he's fast asleep right now <laughs> yes he's sleeping alright then I think this is it for the podcast yeah uh, Knuckles you just want my... to add something well yeah. Make you sure. um, I just gotta say, blue skies, blue skies all the way. Blue skies is the future, <laughs> and also lots and lots of digital releases. I see yeah, that. I can see that. We'll, and, hopefully, uh, see, we'll hopefully see new entries and franchi- franchises like Street Fighter and Shinobi through digital releases. Awesome. You know, I, would also that, so. I, I see digital releases, and I also think Sega has really, really improved their PC outage. I mean, their PC stuff. And Definitely. I'm glad Binary Domain is coming to PC, which is a surprise. I like it. I'm mm-hmm. happy. So I want to see more in the. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what Sega has for later on. So yeah. And I'll say uh, to to wrap things up, I'd I'd say like uh, like Jason said, uh, you know, after the Dreamcast releases and they stopped running out of the IPs that they had originally developed for Dreamcast. The 2004, 2005, 2006 era, they were pretty shitty, but I think after 2007, things really picked up, and I can only see them doing just as good, if not better, than uh, the past few years in the future. So, I think, I mean, I mean, I think that uh, pretty much does it then for our 10-year, three-hour-plus retrospective. <laughs> All right, then. Next week, we're going to have an Aaron Weber interview. Yes. Harry? You still want to yes. do that, right? Of course. Yeah. I didn't say no. I know. Never. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know. What we're gonna do it next week. I don't know if you're busy. So yeah, next we'll week. See. All right then. We'll All say right. bye, people. Bye. Bye. Jason, say bye. Bye bye. See you later. <laughs> and then we play music.